This is Death MVP, and I would never listen to the Order 66 podcast because you're a bunch of nerf-hurting bumps. Uh, this is Billy Bob with my Padawan Joe Bob. You may have heard my master Bob Bob. We're all from the planet Bob. We don't listen to this alleged Order 66 podcast because the clones are still laughing at my double-barreled lightsaber. Of course, the Pelsa don't like it neither. This is Jedi Master Donovan Morningfire. I would never listen to the Order 66 podcast. To listen would be to take the quick and easy path to mastery of Saga Edition. A true game master uses their mastery of the rules for knowledge and game balance, never for rules lawyering. Ah, uh, this is Vader's not-so-secret apprentice, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, because, uh, Lord Vader says if I do, I might actually learn some Force powers or something. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. D20 Radio, your gamers roll. Execute Order 66. Greetings and salutation, Gamer Nation. This is Sunday, November the 2nd, 2008, and we are with you for episode number 4-0 the Order 66 podcast, <laughs> which today is brought to you by the generous contributions of Marius Joe Hansen, a.k.a. Darth Prefect on the forums, and Jonathan Stevens, a.k.a. Donovan Morningfire. Thank you, guys. This episode is for you, too. In any event... I have a venerable plethora of individuals on the show today. First and foremost, of course, as always, GM Chris. Welcome back to the show, <laughs> sir. Thank you, thank you, Dave. Thank you, thank you. Uh, what is up, Gamer Nation? I am GM Chris, and of course with me as always is my uh, cohort compadre and Jedi in training, uh, GM Dave. And uh, we are here this week for episode 40 of the Order 66 podcast, the only fan-produced podcast devoted entirely to Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing and... And we have a guest. That's right. We have a guest who will, to forth, be known as D20 Radio's own <laughs> Sam Whitwer. GM Sam, welcome owned. to the show. Wow, I'm owned. I, I am I am your own at this point, huh? Now you yeah. are. You've spoken on our podcast, so you're a D20 Radio's own. It's yeah, done. Pretty much. It's done. It's I done. mean, even if I left now, if I got off the podcast now, I'm still D20 Radio's own. Yep. Correct. That's that's nice. the way it goes. And yes, Shibuta Zarissa's son cannot listen to this podcast. Yes, we're going to be saying things in this podcast like shit, fuck, <laughs> cockknocker, things that you will not want children to hear. And so this is a upfront warning right now. Don't let kids listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> the cockknocker um, thing is going to happen more often than you think. It's not used often in in real life, but in this podcast, it's going to be all the time. It's Definitely not used enough. often in real life. I use it. I use. I use it all the time. Do you really? Okay. I'm sorry. No. I. You can say whatever you want, man. That's all good. It's all oh. good. It's okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> Goat stroker. Thank you for hey, that. It's, it's Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, right. all day. <laughs> all right. Well, we are glad you are with us and are going to be sticking with us for this episode, Sam. And uh, without further ado, Dave, uh, what do you say we get onto some regular business? Uh, why don't we do our, it? Uh, our minor business. All right. Sure. 
Okay. Announcements. Wahoo. Sam, you are a Star Wars role player, obviously. Yes. Do you ever do any D&D playing? Uh, no. No. Strictly strictly fantasy. Or strictly sci-fi, then. That's right. Okay. Well, that's fine. For those of you who do want to do some D&D playing, you can, of course, check out our sister podcast, Radio Free Homlet, uh, which is up at the website, d20radio.com, right now. And also, uh, something you, I guess, would probably be a little bit more interested in, Sam, is the first episode of Dave and Mostly Joe's new podcast, The Holocron, which is entirely devoted to the upcoming uh, KOTOR MMO, Star Wars The Old Republic. That's it. And um, uh, I guess from our... I mean, you, you, do some, you do some fair MMO playing, don't you, Sam? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've done World of Warcraft and did Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah. That's cool, cool. Well, you mentioned Age of Conan as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing that. Brutal. It's a, a brutal game. I, I do like it, though. Very nice. You so, play it. The Holocron. Hmm? Awesome. Cool. Well, the Holocron is up, and you guys can check it out. And, of course, while you're at the website, if you happen to be uh, going there on Sunday evenings or Sunday afternoons, you can go to the D20 Radio Live vidcast, where many people are right now watching us in this chat room and being able to chat with us as we record this live with Sam, which is very, very nice. And you can see uh, my ugly mug uh, <laughs> talking to a mic um, while real celebrities on the phone with us. So, uh, while you're also at the website, you can go ahead and check out the D20 Radio swag link. Go ahead and buy a t-shirt. Support the D20 Radio podcast uh, podcast family. Uh, we have uh, Order 66 podcasts, uh, t-shirts, as well as Radio Free Homelet. Very, very cool. And lastly on the announcement front, juicy bits of web goodness this past week. The mighty Matthew Grau has brought us part four of Behind the Threat, the Sith article series. Uh, this one is named Teeth in the Darkness, and it is all about the technology of the Sith, uh, the various eras of the Star Wars universe, and the role the era has on the Sith you create. Um, and as well as going into the advancement path of a true Sith, like where to move to after you reach the, the Sith Apprentice Prestige class. So it's a really great article, and it can be found right now at Wizards of the Coast official website, their official Star Wars RPG website, uh, www.wizards.com slash Star Wars. Very freaking cool. Awesome. So, that's fantastic. So uh, that's all the announcements I have, Dave. Do you have any announcements? No, sir. I don't have. Sam, Sam uh, do you have anything you want to announce? Any, uh, you know, anything like that? Oh nothing. my God. <laughs> uh, you know, nothing, nothing at all, man. That's okay, it. Okay. Well, you know, I, I had to ask. So that's, you know, that's that's oh, what's fair of you. Very fair of you. I like that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess moving on. I did managed to run down to my post office box and these have been coming like clockwork man i've been um i've been picking up these these postcards uh from of course our good friend commander cody and this one came actually a little early i was kind of surprised you know i normally get him dave like um i don't know every friday usually but this right. one came on a tuesday and i thought that was kind of odd but uh you know in any event huh. uh, let, me, let me let me pull it out here careful okay Oh, okay. well, you know, you got to be careful when you whip it out. All right, this is a rough and, and sand-speckled postcard, gentlemen. Uh, it's simple. It looks very slowly and deliberately made. And the careful lettering on it reads, Welcome to Curdo 3, Visitor. From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody.
GM Dave and GM Chris. Hello guys. I think we're on the last leg of our journey this week, but it's been a quick one. After picking up a very talented Ordolin to complete our musical troupe, the group hit a snag in our practice. They're having great trouble writing songs, and wanting to make this musical extravaganza a very special event for the mighty Emperor Palpatine, I took the liberty of contacting his close friend, Lord Vader. I hoped to tease out the type of musical Blackburns would find him most appealing. Although he seemed a bit hesitant at first, I finally convinced Lord Vader to open up about his master's musical tastes. Apparently, the Emperor likes long, slow dirges. And that's the problem. You see, our Biff, Poloic, and Ordolin mashup can't seem to write anything but fast-paced dance tunes. After scratching our helmets for a bit, we decided to ask the band who to recommend for slower songs. And without hesitation, they directed us to the Zappy Sector and the planet Kurdo 3. It's here that we hope to find a Kitanak composer. Kitanak are renowned, supposedly, for their great patience and decisiveness, as well as musical genius. A short, stocky race with tiny eyes and a mouth, I'm told that their physical features are an adaptation to the climate on Kurdo 3, which is probably the harshest desert world I've ever been to. And I spent time with Lord Vader on Tatooine for a family reunion. 400 kilometer an hour winds blast the surface of this planet in sandstorms that last for days. Supposedly, the Kitanak have developed their legendary slowness and patience by waiting out the weather. And in hunting. It's said the only way the Kitanak can get food is to mimic local plants and stand still for days waiting for an animal to come close. <laughs> well, we've managed to search several settlements of the strange Kitanak and, with some aggressive negotiation, have finally been put on the track of a local composer who supposedly is revered for his slow sonatas and funeral dirges. I hope he's what we need. Well, I'm sure he will be. <laughs> Either way, he's coming with us. I just can't wait to surprise the Emperor with our band. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Well, listen, I'm in a hurry. I gotta go, guys, but be safe out there. If you ever want to have a slow conversation, head over to Kurdo 3. Later, guys. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. As usual, nice of him to write. Yeah, it is nice of him to write. I've I've not been to Curdo three, uh, or really even ever heard of it. I think it's somewhere out in the outer rim. But uh, you know, I don't know. My wife's been wanting to travel quite a bit. You know, I might I might go there. You know, maybe get some uh, some sunbathing done. Okay. You know, I'm, I heard the emperor was into gangster rap. That's that's weird. I didn't really? Know he's into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's a I don't know. Well, you know, he's, Vader could have been punking out. Uh, you know, Cody. He might have been. He might have been. Vader's that kind of guy. They don't get along that well, those two. Yeah. Uh, that's what I heard. That, that's, that's a good point. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to some real mail. Yeah, let's. All right, oh, come back. Pay attention. It's time for mail call. Drink. <laughs> Drink. Drink. Dave missed a bed. All right. Well, we got a few questions to answer this week. Um, okay. Uh, I got a great PM this week uh, from Akbar on our forums. It's a trap. Who asked the following. It's a trap. No, he didn't ask that. Um, but he said, uh, GMC, a quick question. I am playing a Cathar Scout in my current home game. I didn't think it would come up often, but it actually has, where I've gotten the chance to make attacks of opportunity and get the chance to use my claws to do so. My question is, if I want to, can I wear combat gloves to deal extra damage with my unarmed attack? My GM is hesitant. But it makes sense to me. Ah, good question. Uh, and one that is echoed in a related thread on our forums by Denieros. Um, and for those of you who don't know, 
Cathar are, of course, the uh, the little cat people from you know the first got their play in the in the Kotor one. Um, Juhani was a Cathar, and of course they have this natural claw attack that does a d6. Um, okay, in my opinion, um, and you guys both feel free to chime in uh, anytime. I think the very idea of wearing combat gloves requires you to punch, uh, not slash. I mean, maybe even if these things were fingerless and you could use your claws, I mean, the very effect that they have would be to enhance a, a punch. I mean, they're reinforced for, I guess, a, a boxing style of, of uh, melee attack. Um, but, I mean, as far as the official rulings go, I can, I can see your confusion, your confusion Akbar. Um, Jedi Master Rodney Thompson, Thompson himself recently ruled that martial arts feats and the Tarascasi talent tree all apply to a PC's natural attacks if they have them. So instead of starting with a D4, basically the Cathar martial artist is at a D6, and then he moves up from there. Um, and that makes sense. But in light of that ruling, why not wear gloves for your natural attacks? Um, basically, per Raw, rules is written, there is a difference between an unarmed attack and a natural weapon. Uh, did the same feats and talents apply to them? Yeah. But even in the Cathar species entry on page 12 of the KOTOR campaign guide, it states very cleanly uh, that a Cathar may choose to use its natural weapons when making an unarmed attack, foregoing normal unarmed damage to deal natural weapon damage. And per the combat gloves description on page 121 of the core rulebook, the bonus they provide applies to unarmed damage. So there you go. I kind of see the disconnect between the two. And, I mean, honestly, for Pete's sake, man, you're getting an extra die of damage. You're going from a D4 to a D6. You're moving up a die step. You know, don't sweat the one point. Eh, it's kind of my opinion on that. Right. I don't know. What do you guys think? I agree. You're right. You're right, man. You're always right. <laughs> I yep. love hearing that. Can I get you to record that and play it, play it <laughs> for my wife? <laughs> That's right. Um, <sighs> there we go. All right. So, yeah. Eh. Hope that answers your question. Uh, a couple more. Uh, back on our forums, uh, Shadow Acid uh, brought up a good question. He asks, okay, so my droid soldier PC took his first level in the independent droid prestige class, of course, from the Force Unleashed campaign guide, uh, last session when everyone leveled up. Uh, as his first talent, he took Computer Master from the specialized droid talent tree, which allows the PC to re-roll any opposed use computer checks and take the better result, which is fracking awesome. Uh, however, I've never seen any examples of opposed use computer checks anywhere. Uh, i got to be missing something here. Can you good folks here help find where a PC would encounter an opposed use computer check? Well, damn, son. Uh, that's a tough one. And to answer your question, Shadow Acid, let me start by congratulating your player. He has discovered what I consider to be currently the most useless talent in the game, <laughs> uh, Computer Master. Uh, it is found on page 47 of the Force Unleashed campaign guide. And yes, indeed, it does allow you to reroll and take the better result when making an opposed use computer check, not just a regular use computer check. Rules is written, this only happens twice in the entire freaking game. Uh, and even then, only situationally. Uh, when using the issue routine command application of the use computer skill, uh, and there's another contradictory routine command that's been entered, the computer will always go with the one entered by the user it's friendlier with. Okay, But if there's a tie, i.e. it's as friendly, it has the same attitude towards both characters, then it goes with the highest use computer check, and you have opposed checks. Yeah. Uh, having said that, when Scum and Villainy comes out this month, and you know it's going to be good, uh, I don't doubt that we're going to see massively expanded used computer stuff, and the WASI team has introduced a talent uh, uh, now in anticipation for what's to come, in my opinion. 
God bless them. Uh, much the same way that the KOTOR campaign guide also included the weapons and armor accessories, even though the modification system that uses those accessories is detailed in Scum and Villainy, which has yet to come out. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I think. Now, anyway, the one other time that this occurs where you have the opposed use computer checks is if you're attempting to intercept communication between two ships. Uh, and that's detailed in the Starships of the Galaxy. It is a DC-20 use computer check normally, unless the ships are taking measures to conceal the transmissions between them. In which case, if they are, it's your use computer check versus the highest use computer check of the two ships in question. Assuming it's higher than a 20. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, that's it. And uh, that answer actually brings us to our last question. Uh-huh. Which I thought was a pretty good one. Um, Antelon on the forums, he posted this excellent question up a while ago. He said, Hello all. Uh, I can't find any rules or guidelines on intercepting communications from personal comlinks rather than ship systems, which Starships of the Galaxy does deal with. The Saga Core rulebook refers to encryption routines and pocket scramblers. Um, the encryption device adds a plus 10 to the used computer check to intercept communications, but one... Use computer skill does not describe how this application works and whether it's trained or untrained. Two, it's not clear whether any special equipment is needed, uh, for example, a portable computer and a comlink, uh, to intercept and whether any equipment is needed to record the data for translation later. And three, it's not clear how long the action takes, full round, shorter, longer. Anyone got any advice, any ideas? Well, the book really doesn't talk about this too terribly much, but, I mean, what do you guys think? I think intercepting comlink communications, you don't really see it in the films that often, not so much in EU. I mean, I've seen it, I've read about it a couple times, but I think it would be a, a pretty interesting trick for a PC to pull off, um, even if the rules aren't specifically there for it. And, you know, they do have pocket scramblers, but right now the rules are only there for somebody to do, intercept a communication in this matter when they're on board of a ship. Do you guys think it's imbalancing to allow someone to do this on a personal level? Uh, it doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. You might you might want to have to have some sort of piece of equipment with them or a data pad that they have to plug in with. You know, make it I harder. Agree with you. I agree with yeah. you completely. Um, and that's kind of I, I, where I'm. Where I, ultimately, I, I agree, I, and that's where I think you should go with this. Okay. And they talked about this on the forums. Okay, there are rules for this in Starships of the Galaxy. I mean, but they are, of course, for intercepting communications between ships. Okay. Uh, in particular, if you guys want to look, page 19 of Starships of the Galaxy. It details how you can use computer to intercept communications. Again, it's a DC-20 to do so unless the sender or receiver has attempted to secure the transmission and then you go against the obviously opposed use computer checks. But if they've used an actual encryptor, uh, the DC jumps by plus 10 to a DC-30. Now, I don't see a reason why you can't use the same rules for personal comlink communication. I mean, but the only difference here is that in Starships of the Galaxy, the interceptor is obviously using the ship's computer and communication suite. And I think, Sam, you're right. I mean, as such, anyone attempting to do this on a personal scale would pretty much need the exact same things. You would need yeah. a, probably a portable computer, okay, which is listed and would have the type of processing power you'd need to decrypt something, and a sensor pack, which by its own description provides details on comm signals. So if you had those two things, hook them up, I can't see a reason you wouldn't be able to do that. Right. So. But when does that there happen, really? I mean, that's a Star Trek thing. Oh, gosh. Don't get all geek, you know, all right. stereotyping on me. Good God. <laughs> Whatever. Geek hate. Well, oh, you know, man. You see, you'd see that kind of... Gr- Never mind. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for the questions. And if you guys have any questions you want us to answer, any thorny issues you want us to take a look at, you can email us, gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com. You can also log on to the forums at d20radio.com slash forum. Become a member of the Gamer Nation. Proclaim your mind and your voice and ask questions to us all. And if you're really ballsy, you can give us a call Ooh. at the Lucid Line, which is Dave. 
Area code 206-600-5872, or L-U-S-A, LUSA. LUSA. How about that? All right, before we get to suspending the rules, I've got Fiddleback's Bit of the Week, which we still haven't exactly named. I like Fiddleback's Bit of the Week. (laughs) It's kind of cool, actually, Fiddleback's (laughs) Bit of the Week. So anyway, we'll catch you on the other side. Attention sports fans, this Sunday at the Great Pit of Carcoon, it's bungee jumping time. That's right, it's five miles south of Java's Palace in the Great Dune Sea, it's bungee jumping at the Sarlacc Pit. That's right, Sunday only, be a guest of Java the Hut at bungee jumping at the Sarlacc Pit. Bring the whole family, bring the kid, bring the dog, bring the dog-like thing, bring everybody. Come out and see bungee jumping at the Sarlacc Pit. Warning, small children, Jedi destroyed, not admitted. Those with weak hearts and weak constitution should take medication before coming out. Please, do not touch the while you're here. <laughs> Just keep them coming, Fiddleback, because those are pretty funny. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although, uh, I do believe Sam actually gave you a run for your money. Um <clears throat> Yeah, with a nice production that we'll air at the end of our episode. We will hear that at the end of our show, and it's ten minutes of really greatness. Well, it's also heartwarming. It's 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 got an emotional, you know, yeah, it warms several parts to you, it. Actually. That's true. <laughs> there you that's, go. that's true. Yeah, feel exactly. free to go ahead and uh, you know record it and distribute it to all your friends that are sick in bed. Yep. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It'll make them happy. They're very nice. Yep. And speaking of sick in bed, I have no idea where I'm going with it, but let's just suspend the rules. What do you say? <laughs> Request a motion to suspend the rules. You're gonna suspend the rules? Shut up, Sergeant. Motion granted. Oh, master of broadcasting, master of transitions, you are not. You know, master of transitions, you are not. You know that—that's what we call in the radio business a segue. I didn't know you were in the radio business. <laughs> I, I didn't know either one of us was in the radio business. Uh, but it's still a Segway, it w- and it was a damned good Segway. I thought yeah. a Segway was this thing, that, the two wheels that you rode, and they, you know... The, uh... And that is a damned good Segway also. That's a great Segway, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. shit, I was, I, was at, I was at Gen Con um, in August, and they had Segway... Uh, it was like 20 bucks you paid, and it was a Segway race. You would get on, and they had this obstacle course you had to go through, and it was... It was sad and pathetic watching. I mean, these things are actually not that intuitive to drive. It was... Um, is it like roller derby where you were, like, elbowing and all that? Was it full contact Segway racing? <laughs> uh, that would have been nice, uh, but, I, you know, hey. Did you get uh, you a little you know, bump draft in there, maybe, you know? Yeah, a little bit of rollerball going on, people getting killed. That's right, man. Did you get a little <laughs> bit of loose in the turn? Did you get a little bit loose in the turn there? We had to put in, take some wedge out here, you know? Yeah, um... So you're saying we should take segways and just cover them with armaments and just let people go at it? As long as you put a big orange number 20 on it. Uh, let's see, I I don't get these NASCAR references you give. I don't I don't care about it. I don't watch it. I have no desire to watch it. Um, but I'm happy that you're happy. You could put a big blue number 7 on it then instead, I guess, and you go with the Danica Patrick thing. Okay, I do know who that is. Of course you know who that is. Okay. Anyway, are we suspending the rules or what? I guess. Good God. Ah. All right. 
this week on Suspending the Rules, we come to our uh, bi-weekly segment where, of course, we feature house rules um, entered by you or us. Um, and if you guys have a house rule you'd like to share with the rest of the Gamer Nation, please do so. Uh, you can, of course, go to the forums at d20radio.com slash forum, sign up, and post it there for all its viewing pleasure and glory for the rest of us. Yeah, okay. Anyway, this week, Suspending the Rules. Uh, I am calling this rule, I'm a slicer, baby! Yeah! Um, basically, I was a little inspired when I was writing up the show notes earlier this week, and I was building on Antelon's earlier question, um, and as well as the, one of our community members, uh, Donovan Morningfire and uh, Dayanim. Uh, they cobbled together a few suggestions for him in terms of house rules to deal with encrypting and decrypting communications. And I read it, I thought their ideas were fantastic, and I was inspired by their genius to take it a step further. So, ha-ha-ha. <laughs> um, so I've got a new set of house rules for you of my own design. Uh, dealing with slicing into the hollow net because there's not much about there out there uh, about it out there and I don't know I mean Dave Sam I'm I'm a huge fan of cyberpunk I remember reading William Gibson when I was a kid and I was utterly hooked you know and I I played games like Shadowrun and stuff and the very concept of slicing into a system is very appealing to me sure so I don't know I, I really like that and um, I just love the concept of hackers slash slicers slash cowboys surfing the web slash holonet slash cortex and doing battle in an electronic showdown that will leave the other, or at least his computer, a smoking ruin and a waste of a human being. Okay. I'd Um, love to see how this plays out in the game. Well, yeah, okay. Here's here's my thought, okay? For a while, I contemplated a few ways to do this that range from converting the insanely complex Shadowrun rules to the just using the simplicity of the D20 modern rules. Uh, but in the end, I decided to take a cue from the existing saga rules uh, for a dogfight, which are eloquent okay. and simple, and have at their heart what I wanted, an opposed skill check. So I present... The Holonet Battle Rules. Um, these are just a couple quick house rules for computer combat that are to be used when two comp- two users are competing uh, through a network together. Maybe, you know, you're trying to slice into an Imperial mainframe, and the network admin has spied you and has attempted to lock you down or lock you out. Maybe there's a savvy pirate vessel that has you cornered near the Kessel Run, and they have a slicer on board who's trying to interface with your ship's computer from afar and shut your systems down. Uh, but you want to stop him. Well... These are some quick house rules to handle that in a fun way. Basically, just like a dogfight, multiple users can enter into a hollow net battle. Um, isolating and attempting to slice another user is a standard action. It requires a used computer check opposed by that user's used computer check. Um, both users must be accessing the same system from a sufficiently powerful computer, either by accessing the system directly in question, such as like a, a network admin sitting in front of a direct terminal, or by interfacing with the system remotely using a portable computer. Um, leaving a hollow net battle, much like a dogfight, requires a successful used computer check posed by the other user. So what can you do when you're in a holonet battle? Uh, You can issue a routine command. Uh, Any attempt to issue a routine command to the system, such as shut down or stop all the garbage matches on the detention level, um, must be, uh, you have to get by the opposing user that's in the holonet battle with you. So you have to beat the opposing user's used computer check. And if successful, uh, your same check result is compared to the computer's well defense to issue a routine command. Uh, so basically, you know, if you're if you're hacked into this system or someone's hacking into your system and they're trying to issue a command that you don't want issued, and you can enter them in a hollow net battle and you guys are duking it out and basically they have to get past you before they can issue a command to the system. And I, that's kind of the point behind that. And two other actions you can do in a hollow net battle, you can slice the user 
which is basically you can attack the opposing user by affecting his system. Uh, make an opposed use computer check to corrupt his terminal subroutines or transmit a virus or short out his control nodes or whatever. The bottom line is when you succeed in this attack, um, the same way you know two, two people in a dogfight would make opposed pilot checks, um, your opponent's terminal moves one step down the condition track. The terminal's condition track penalties apply to your used computer checks, um, and should your terminal reach the bottom of the condition track, that terminal or personal computer, whatever it is, becomes disabled until undergoing an application of the repair skill. So, you know, you can basically duke it out and shut that person down. And then the last action you can undertake is what I'm calling reorganize subroutines, which is basically the recover action. Uh, by spending three swift actions, you can reorganize corrupted files, delete viral code, uh, moving your portable computer or your terminal one step up the condition track um, if it's been moved down, uh, similar to what you can do uh, with mechanics in a dogfight. So uh, that's kind of it. I don't know. I thought it was pretty simple, and it gives the slicer something to do. And I always end up, I don't know, maybe it's my playgroup, guys, but I always end up having a character in my playgroup that wants to play the slicer or the mechanic, that, that tech wizard. Um, in our alternate universe game, Dave, uh, Booter, his, his character is very much like that. Yeah. Um, the Bothan uh, spynet tech scoundrel. That's true. Um, but I don't I, know, but I, you always seem to have that one player in your playgroup that wants to play that type of role. That's you know, true. I, too, have a player who uh, does that a lot, and I came up with a whole host of house rules that had to do with uh, basically knocking down the access of the other person's terminal rather than damaging it, you know, so that you could make an attack. You could, like, like it was basically like each, okay, slicer versus slicer. Each slicer had to hit three successes, right? And uh, so they'd be going up against a certain will defense of whatever they were trying to, to go after, and they had to get three successes to to win, essentially, but they could also forego one of their uh, attempts and go after the other guy and knock his access down, and then he would have to maybe get his access back up, and there's a talent, I don't remember what it is, that lets you do like routine actions with, a, with uh, swift actions rather than a standard action or something like that, uh -huh. and uh, that made a big, big difference in that, uh, in that fight, and I think it was more like, yes, and, and it actually worked pretty well. Um, there was more to it than that, uh, and I'm, yeah, so anyway. Yeah, you do have to kind of come up with your own house rules to make the whole slicer thing work. Right. Well, I like it. I mean, and, but the whole point of it, I mean, and think about what's the reason you did that? I mean, because you wanted to give that player some options. Something to do. Yeah. Something to do, precisely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that's kind of the whole point of it. But I think there's a lot out there. If you're a creative GM, you can, I mean, heck, on the fly, you can, okay, well, we'll do this. You know, and you can you can do something. There's always something you can do. Um you know, and for a skillful character, oftentimes that's hard to do in an encounter. So, yeah. just one more thing. So, anyway, those are my that. rules. Take them, love them, leave them. Oh, those are um, yours. Yes. Oh well, okay. Sorry, I was calling out. I was calling out the chat room, asking who in the gamer nation sent that monstrosity to us. <laughs> Sorry, God. And I was like, wow. I guess I suck. See, my I bad. thought he did a fine job. I, on hey, his house you know role. what? Now, now that I'm thought, it's great. Uh, although I do like Fiddleback's suggestion of just hit him with a laptop and call it even. Yeah, geek <laughs> fight. Go. Can only be disengaged by going to get a coke from your fridge. There you well, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm colored in terms of, of how I interpret it because obviously I have a soft spot, soft spot for the slicing. But it, it certainly oh, is not something you see too terribly often in Star Wars. I, know. I mean, the only examples I could think of are, you know, uh, do you want to do this? It'll cost you seven computer spikes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's about it. But anyway, oh, if you guys have any house rules you want to bring up, Sam, if you got those, dude, post them on the forums. Yeah, I, I have them somewhere. They're they're again. I just kind of rattle them off. It was, it's been months since I've actually used them, but I haven't written down. 
So that would be awesome. Yeah, please, yeah. please do. If any of you guys have any house rules, we'd love to have them. Please get them on the forums. We want to share them with the rest of the community. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Well, I think we've pussyfooted and fucked around enough. Um, I've just been kind of chomping at the bit to get a chance to actually talk to Sam uh, since you've been here. Uh, so what do, you, what do you say we just slide right into that? What do you say? Let's we... segue into it. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did it. There you go. Damn, I'm, I'm impressed. Aren't you yep. just, you're the man. As they Let's say, do it. you're the man. So we're going to start with some of your music. <laughs> my God, my own music uses my own segue. We're just going to play it as a bed. How about that? Yes, I love this song, by the way. I absolutely love yeah. it. <laughs> Thanks, dude. It is an excellent song. Well, we're calling this a visit with Vader's secret dooms down, uh, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> you can thank one of our uh, our chat mem- chat room members for, uh, for last week. Of course, uh, if you guys haven't figured it out already, we have with us this week Sam Whitwer, actor, musician, and gamer. Um, and we're going to be talking about all three of those various occupations uh, at, at one point during this next, you know, short interview. Uh, and of course, Sam, I mean, most of our listeners, they're going to know you from the amazing Force Unleashed video game, which anybody with a Star Wars bone in their body has probably beaten three times by now, um, where you play, of course, Vader's Secret Apprentice. Um, yes. But those of us with serious geek cred, they know and loved you as Crashdown in the new Battlestar Galactica series. Um, and more recently, as uh, Davis Bloom, uh, <laughs> Doomsday, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, on, spoiler, 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 uh, on on Smallville. Um, but I mean, dude, you've you've had parts on what, like CSI, Bones. Uh, you were I, on Cold I, Case, I think, weren't you? Yeah, and, like, I've been a little bit all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you were on ER. I mean, back in the day, you were on Angel, Dark Angel, um, and yeah, uh, you were on Enterprise too. Which that was, yeah, just very briefly. That very was very uh, brief. Get but, get me in there because I want to be on a Star Trek. I want to say that I've been on a Star Trek show type thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And of course, even more video game cred, if I'm not mistaken, in Soul Calibur Four because your, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Vader Secret Apprentice managed to make it to the PS3 version. Um, Star Killer uh, hit the PS3 version and got to smack lightsaber down on some anime people. In, yeah, yeah, <laughs> in an Soul anime Calibur. version of me smacking down anime style. It was pretty cool. Would that, did that give you a little chubby there? Was that, uh, or I don't know if that's your thing. Well, no, it's not necessarily my thing, but I just, it's one of those things you never thought you'd see. You know, you go <laughs> in and you're Got it. this voice and you see an anime version of yourself that you're supposed to, you know, add voice <laughs> to. It, it wasn't what I expected. I thought it was going to be me or something, you know, but yeah, come on. Anime version of us, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Very strange. And, and, the and. guy that did the, the Japanese voice for me, I got to hear him and do, you know, I, they had a, they had him voice the Japanese guy, and then I had to revoice him with the English, and the Japanese guy is just badass. He's just, and you're just like, whoa, dude, that is that is not my apprentice, but that guy's kind of awesome. So, <laughs> Well, there we go. Um, now, and of course... Uh, in terms of film credits, I mean, most notably, you were you were recently in The Mist, um, which scared the piss out of me. Um, absolutely loved it. I was a huge fan of the book, too. Um, and were you also, a fan of the ending? <sighs> okay, <laughs> were you? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. Uh, I love having this debate. Go. It, it, say no, it, Go. It, no, seriously. I, I don't. Okay, listen. First of all, 
we we drop spoilers on this show all the time, but quite frankly, I'm I'm not going to say anything because this is one thing I don't want to corrupt. I would yeah, do you want our I do not want to do this. If you have not seen The Mist, you need to go out. You need to watch it. Here's what I will do. I'm going to make a fucking note right now on my desk. I'm going to start a thread on the forums, and you guys can come, and I will say, responses to the mist, spoiler alert, and you guys can come and tell me what you guys thought of the ending, and I, I want to know at that point, but well, I, you know, I know there's I, people I, that haven't seen it. You need to watch it. Dude, I think we've had enough of a uh, spoiler alert now to where people can just go ahead and tune out for the next minute or two. No, no, it's no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious about this. I'm, I'm going to start a thread. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into it. I, no, no. That's well, just okay. Next yeah. time, and let then. me let me put this out there. And again, I, I love hearing people's response, whether they loved it or hate it. And it's, it's so polarizing that ending. But the cool thing was, is that Stephen King, when, when Frank sent him the script, Stephen King called him and said, "My God, yeah, that, that was the ending I should have written." Yeah, you, you really? nailed it. Yeah, wow. Steve. Well, you know, because the ending of the the book is very ambiguous. Sort of yeah, like yeah, it is. But it was for me, it was very metaphorical and very. I don't know. It, it made me think. Um, now this did too, but it. I, I don't know. I just. I just. I didn't like the taste it left in my mouth. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, that's sort of the goal. We yeah, sort of wanted you, to just well, punch you. Yeah. That that's an astute observation, Sam. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's the nut punch at the end of the movie. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. Um, so, okay, there was that, and of course, um, I mean, other, I guess the only other film that I, I mean, I, I recognize you from immediately off the bat was Crank. Um, <laughs> That's, uh, my buddies directed that, and they wanted to call me over, and, and they said, yeah, we want to shoot you in the, in the nuts. So if you, if you slow down <laughs> your DVD and watch it in slow motion, I do, in fact, take a bullet to the nuts, and, uh, yeah, I had squibs <laughs> attached to my nuts, and, that's not a comfortable thing, especially when you're looking and you're saying squibs blow right through clothing, right? No problem. Squ- squibs can do that. Um, what if they put it on the wrong way? Ow. Yeah. Okay, well, so no, did, did you wear a cup, though? Did they have any protection for it? Very little. Very oh. little. Wow, okay. Yeah, I would have I felt, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that, but hey, you know, yeah. sacrifices to the art, huh? <laughs> yeah, those bastards, they dress me up in a ridiculous gold suit and shoot me in the balls, but... Hey man, oh, it's a good job. Yeah. It's a good job. What are you gonna do? Other than that, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's some some hazard pay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's uh, I I will never know. So uh, you know, I'm I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad you're willing to take the nut shot for the rest of us. It's best you don't know. It's best you oh, don't know. That's good. That's good. Um, and of course, uh, lastly, of course, your band, the Crash Tones, uh, released "Colorful of the Stereo" back in 2006. And was it was it was it 2006? I think. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got the CD case in the next room. Uh, but it's an excellent album, uh, by the way, and um, uh, very, very, very pleased with that. I was not. I was very surprised. As a matter of fact, I was like, "Wow, okay, that this this doesn't suck. This is actually really good." <laughs> I, I, I found myself listening right. to this again. It's wow, okay. Um, so very impressive. And if you guys haven't uh, seen that yet, um, you can go to samwitwer.com, uh, which of course uh, is uh, the website for the Crash Tones, and uh, you can take a closer look at the band and the CD. And um, I think you can even go to CD Baby and get a glimpse of some of the music, uh, just very briefly. Um, right. But I can see it now when we get them to do our bed. Never listen to the Order sixty six podcast, although. It just doesn't suck. It just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. No, no, no that was, was 
No, oddly enough, that was when recording, that actually was my goal. I was like, you know, if we can just, talking to the mix engineer, if we could just take as much suck out of this as we possibly can, then (laughs) that would be great. Make it suck as little. And they're like, well, how about this? You like that? I'm like, if it doesn't suck, sure. I don't know. Good. So lack of suckage. I think um, think it might be the name of this episode. Lack of suckage? Or take the suck out of it. Or unsuck unleashed. I don't know. I'm getting. I I thought we had named it like during 39. We had named it uh, episode 40 unleashing Vader's secret dooms down. Yeah, that That works. That might work. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Who knows what other sound bites we'll have uh, for this episode that'll make us pee ourselves laughing. (laughs) Um, Okay. well, anyway. Uh, last week, we all got to hear you on uh, Watsi's official Star Wars role-playing game podcast um, as the true Star Wars gamer you are. But it sounded like you had recorded that sometime previously before they actually finally got around to putting it up. That was a, yeah, that was a while back. That was a while back. Because you guys were talking about The Force Unleashed as if it hadn't been released yet or That's it was exactly about to be released. Mm-hmm. So um, very interesting. So we have good turnaround, guys. We're gonna, have, you know, we don't we don't have to run our podcast by Lucas. So you know, well they, well they, well Lucas Lucas Arts takes their sweet time uh, making sure it's suitable for publication. We just post it up, you know, within twenty four hours. Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and alienate Rodney a little more while you're at it. Alienating Rodney? Oh my God! Uh, the podcast is fantastic. I'm amazed that Matt Man can do what he does with Lucas looking over his shoulder. I mean, just not only game creation. I mean, I can't imagine every single piece of creative thing I ever come up with ever having to be run by someone who gives it the thumbs up or thumbs you down. Just wait. And that's and a time-consuming process yeah. as well. Yeah. That was mostly what it was: is um, just getting approval. Yeah, I mean, so you know, and then you're, you're waiting, you know, months for them just to get around to doing it. You know, I can't imagine that. My hat's off to Rodney, and that was a great podcast, by the way. If you guys haven't learned that, heard that yet, you can go to, um, of course, Wizards.com/slash/StarWars. You can download it. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And we're going to talk about some of what you talked about there, but we're going to try and touch on some other things, um, as well as a lot of the stuff that wasn't touched on at all. Um, so, okay. To start off with, one of the things you talked about on Watsi's podcast with, with Rodney Thompson was gaming. You guys spent a lot of time talking about it, um, that you're a gamer, you've been a Star Wars role player for a long time, and we uh, had several of our listeners send in questions that they wanted us to ask you. And uh, Damien Solta, he wanted to know, when did you first get into Star Wars, Star Wars role playing, or even Star Wars video games? Uh, was that a three-part question? He said, when did you get into Star Wars, then Star Wars role playing? Role playing, and Star Wars, yeah, I think... I think I think any answer you want to give will probably suffice. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're probably right. Star Wars was something that was in my life before I can even remember. It's one of those things where, because I was born in 77, so it's one of those things where you wake up and you're five years old and you know who Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader are. And I, I don't remember ever seeing the first movie, or the original Star Wars. I don't remember seeing that for the first time. The, the only one I remember seeing for the first time consciously was Return of the Jedi. So it was sort of in my blood, and uh, I think when me and my friends were in eighth grade, we got into the West End Games version, and we've just sort of kept up with it over the years, and now we, whenever we all can get together for a holiday or something like that, we we play a game. So it's a pretty fun thing for us to do, especially now that we're all old men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The old yes. men, I'm in that category, too. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's the... <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you. But no, I I know, I know what you mean, man. I mean the first the first uh, the first film I ever remember seeing in my life in a theater was um, Return of the Jedi, and uh, just the impact that has on you. It's cool. huge. It's huge. I remember every time I watched Jedi, I can remember what my however old I was. I, what it came out in eighty three? Is that right? Yeah. yeah so you'd be okay. At least so 
Yeah, I was like six. So I can I can remember what my six year old brain was doing when I watched that film, and it, <laughs> that's really kind of cool to you know getting all creeped out at certain moments, being afraid of the emperor, realizing what was happening, and 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 really the best thing about it was that I was six years old and understood everything that was happening, which I think is just a great credit to the filmmakers. Hey, you know what? It is. It re- really is. That's one of the things I've taken away from the most of it. We have one of our listeners, Vader's son, uh, Duncan. Um, I had a chance to meet him at Gen Con. Fantastic guy. He has, I guess she's older now, but he has a six-year-old daughter. Okay, And he was debating. He was going to show her the films for the first time, and he had a good conversation with me. He wanted to know what order he should show them the, show her the films in, whether he should go one through six straight out or go four, five, six, then one, two, three. And we talked about it, and he decided to go one through six straight out. And she watched episode one, she watched episode two and episode three, and then halfway through episode four, A New Hope, this six-year-old girl turns around and looks at her daddy and says, Daddy, will Anakin ever be good again? <laughs> you know? You know, my, uh, I had a, um, my, my most recent ex-girlfriend, I showed her, she, she had seen the movies, sort of, but... My, my most long, recent ex-girlfriend. My most recent, the most recent. <laughs> not not the, the recent one after that, or... You know. like the future ex Mrs. Whitwer. Oh yeah, or even the future recent ex girlfriend. No, the, <laughs> the most recent actual ex girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> I actually showed her the movies in order, and she wasn't that familiar with them. And I remember she had a really bad taste in your mouth uh, concerning episodes four and five because Anakin was a bad guy, and she was it really messed her up. And by the time we got to Jedi, she she felt okay about the story again. She, she was into it at that point. And at that point she was like, yeah, this is, you're right. That's a really great story. I understand why people are so into it. And she made an interesting comment that she thought she'd enjoy episode four and five more now that she knows that the story all ends up okay. And that you know, uh, Anakin comes back, but that's an interesting observation. The chat Very room wants to know if you've ever forced gripped an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Talking about some dark side spousal abuse. Dark um, side, yep. And and Foxworthy <laughs> says that that is a uh, that is a legitimate reason to break up with a girlfriend is not knowing about Star Wars. It, well, it's, it certainly makes it a little bit more difficult when you make your little references and you know she doesn't know. <laughs> That's the thing. In public, I can pretend if I, if need be to not be a geek, but if a woman actually makes her way inside my <laughs> home it's just not as easy to to hide right so as for for script now i i I tend to keep violence away from whoever i'm dating generally right Uh, you know it's a good rule of thumb in relationships um but uh as for have i dated those who i wish i could have yeah one or two sure 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 don't we all have those Occasionally, unfortunately, but when you find the one, when you find the one who not only is cool with the geekdom but buys into it, that's the one you put a ring on, still, or at least in my in my philosophy. Still is looking. that what you did, dude? Is that, that, that is what that? I did. Yes. Never did. Never did find that one. I just had to give up. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's. Uh, it's. I got to tell you, the geek thing is so. I, I'm shocked at how kind of. Uh, accepted it is these days and how a lot of girls including a lot of hot girls are kind of into it and yeah, that's awesome geek is, geek is chic again it's interesting it's not weird uh, when did that happen i'm not really you know i don't understand i don't know we we saw a brief period of it in the 80s um uh, i guess what, what i call the the D era back when 
everyone on planet Earth played Dungeons and Dragons for at least a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, at least what it seemed. Um, and I don't know where we've come back to it. I think it'll probably last. And honestly, man, I think Star Wars had a lot to do with it. <laughs> if you want to get quite frank, I think the remaking. Of, I think when when Episodes one, two, and three came out, people started coming out of the closet. It was like, you see, oh, that's man. exactly it. They were outed at that point because what exactly. could they do? It was yeah. like, I can't, yeah. I can't not go see this, honey. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the biggest Star Wars geek in the world. I got to go see it. I'm so sorry. No, you get a combination yeah. of that. You get a combination of, of Lord of the Rings, which gives you all the fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. You get a combination of The Matrix, which gives you yeah. some of that other stuff. And then you get all three of the Star Wars movies, and there it is. So ultimately, when we get right down to this, what has happened is that us, we, the geeks of our, chi- of our of childhood, have grown up to be people that actually influence the world. And now... Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, okay, take take Frank Darabont, writer, director of The Mist, and also of a movie that maybe you guys have seen or not called The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, another movie, God, favorite yeah. movie ever, favorite yeah, movie ever, right there. Yeah, you know he's he's a he's a pretty good filmmaker. I, I, amateur, I amateur. Think. Yeah. And yeah, right, exactly. I think he's got a lot of promise, a little yes. potential there. But he is a total geek. He introduced me to a comic book called The Goon, which is just amazing. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. I like um, Chunk. What's Chunk? I like Chunk. No, no, that not, one. not not the Goonies, Dave. Goon. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry. Okay. Dang it! Dang! I messed that right. one up. Yeah, yeah. That that too. That's all. Goonies, man. Like Josh Brolin is just a superstar now, and you know, yeah. we remember yeah. him when he was Brand. How about that? And he'll always be Brand to me. But uh, <laughs> I just yeah, watched I, him you, you know. Uh, what's that? I just watched him play George W. Bush. You know, it's like I haven't seen that. Was it good? You need to watch it. I'll check it. Uh, oh wow! Regard, I, I, it is a. I expected them to. I mean, it's Oliver Stone. I expected him to just totally rip rip him a new right. one. It was not like that at all. It was. It actually showed him as a a human being. I was very. Uh, it, I was. You know. It was very interesting. You know. And so you know, regardless of your feelings of the individual, um, it was a great flick. Go see it. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll definitely check that out. Um, but um, yeah, Frank Darabont and and a whole bunch of other people who are on that set and every you know lots of people I've met in the industry are into this stuff. And the thing is, is you you kind of have to have a vivid imagination to you know to be in the inter- entertainment industry. And being in the entertainment industry, you influence the pop culture, and it's this big sort of geek feedback loop. And that's how it happens, man. That that's is how it goes. That's, uh, Fiddleback wants to. I'm that, sorry. That leads into a question. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I had another interjection from the chat room that Fiddleback oh. wants you to personally introduce him to some hot girls that are into Star Wars. <laughs> so See, the thing is, I hoard them, and right. uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not inviting any competition on that front. Oh, see, um, I figured that maybe you could hook him up and introduce him to the girl that played Starbuck. <laughs> Katie? <laughs> I don't know if she's into Star Wars, but I think she's into Battlestar. She doesn't strike me as being the geek type. She's uh she's actually a lot goofier than you think, and a lot more a lot more chick than Starbuck is. She's really? a cool chick. Yeah, yeah. Katie's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Very, okay. Very sorry to digress. Let's go back. Okay. Well, no. Uh, on this note, Sam, you obviously you're talking about you know being creative, having that influence not only the work you do right now, but you're saying that it goes hand in hand with this you know this this imagination, this geekdom. Um, we had one of our listeners, Darth Vane. He asked a, he had a couple questions to ask you that kind of relate into this. Um, okay. He said, oh, first of all, he says, first and foremost, I really dug the Crash Stones colorful, the stereo. Fantastic. I liked it a lot. <laughs> uh, he says, um, most actors' musical side projects are absolutely terrible, and it seems more important who's in the band than making quality music, not the case with your work. Original, interesting. Now, I don't know. I thought Brian Austin Green's uh, rap album was awesome, guys. <laughs> Beauty what? and Da Beats is <laughs> and one of my favorite tracks. Well, 
uh, th- that's good to know. Um, I have not heard that yet, but I will have to check it out. <laughs> there's um, some good. There's some really. If, if you want to look at some stuff, there's some stuff out there, man. It's hard to find sometimes, but it's out there. Okay. Well, yeah. his questions are, he has, two, he has two questions. He says, considering that, would you, first and foremost, would you rather be known as being a good actor or a good musician? And secondly, do you find that being a, and this kind of leads into it, you've kind of already answered this question. He wants to know if you, do you find that being a role player makes you a better actor or being a better actor makes you, or being an actor makes you a better role player? Um, or do they both kind of go hand in hand? Uh, okay. So the the first part of that question you know, when I first started training to be an actor, I didn't think of myself as an actor. I, I didn't set out to be an actor. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor, but then I kind of gave up on it and then got swallowed up by it again. Um, I, sometimes acting is a job and you do it and it's a great job and you get paid for it. Sometimes you really have a chance to be on a project that you that you uh, care about and that you would do for free. And that's when it's this really special, awesome thing and the money doesn't even matter. Um, so in the times where I'm doing the job part, uh, I, I lean more toward musician because I get more out of it. And then the times that I'm lucky enough to work on something I work on for free, I, I do contemplate the actor side. So really and, – and they can't really – for me, they haven't really existed at the same time because the music thing happens when there's actor downtime. Gotcha. You know, between shows or between jobs – Go and record, write some music, play some shows with, with my friends. As a matter of fact, my friends in the band, they're, they all have industry jobs. Like, uh, I don't know if anyone watches an amazing show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's but, a good uh, show. It's an awesome show. So Glenn, the guy that plays Dennis, is uh, in my band. And then another guy named Brian Taylor, who is the writer-director of Crank, is in my band. So we, when things sold out on in Hollywood, we play a show. Um... The great thing about music is that no one has to provide you with permission to do it. With technology the way it is, you could, I mean, you guys right now have pretty much everything you need to record an album. It's just, you know, if you have a computer, you can do it. Um, And with a little bit of a monetary investment, you can do it even better than that. You know, you can get Pro Tools, you can get all kinds of cool stuff. So no one can tell you to not make an album. You don't have to go and audition and get some casting director's permission and then some director's permission. They don't have to cast you. You can just do it yourself. And that's what's awesome about the music thing. And that's why it's sort of my kind of passion thing rather than, you know, me hardcore trying to make money with it. You know, it's really just a fun thing. You're saying that Dave and I should record a duet album. Yes, I'm saying you have to. You have to. Wow. Come on. How many people have you know have the opportunity that you guys have to? D20 Radio's own <laughs> Dave and Chris sing the hits. Oh, it would have to be a polka album. Oh, I wanna, oh no. You know, I'd, I'd want to do King. I'd want to do a remake of the King of the Robots. Okay, there you go. Now that's great. I like that. That was a segue to end all segues right there. Beautiful and a funny Actually, song is that. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's just a cool thing. It's just a cool thing that one does in one's spare time. For actors, if you don't have hobbies, if you don't have interests, be it you know, for me, it's a million things. If it's you know, not messing around, you know, doing computer stuff or writing scripts. Or writing music, or you know, messing around with my, uh, with playing Star Wars with my friends, or whatever, whatever it is that you're into, video games. Who cares? Um, as an actor, if you don't have that, you're screwed because you're always going to have periods of time where you're not working for a little bit, and if that ends up being a drag, then you're going to have a very unhappy life. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Makes so, good sense. Yeah. Uh, well, in, so in terms, in light of that, then, I mean, since you are an actor, I mean, and you are this creative person, do you find that that makes you a better role player, or does your role playing experience lend you more towards acting? It's such. It's that's a good question. It's it's kind of like the same thing. It's your so it goes uh, hand yeah. in hand. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny about running a game is it's I, I look at it more like. It, rather than, I mean, there's there's definitely acting in there, and you're definitely cutting loose and doing all kinds of characters and all kinds of stuff. But for me, I, I almost look at it more like you're a writer director, and you're kind of trying to create a movie. And the fun thing about it is you don't know what the main characters in the movie are going to do. That's that's what's that's the way I look at it. You know, I would agree with that assessment. Now, on that note, now that's very interesting that you say that. Okay, because. Uh Mostly Joe, one of our other listeners, he had a question. He said when he listened to the Watsy podcast, he caught that you always were the GM when you guys play. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you're the motivator of your groups when you guys play? Are you the one that organizes it or are they the ones coming to you saying, hey, let's play? And you it's- end up being the GM. <laughs> they actually don't have any fun. I just, you know, I was like, hey, guys, let's play. And they're like bored the whole time and I have a great time. <laughs> just like, you know, I'm, I just make it happen. No, they – it's it's – equal we all come up with the same thing we've been doing okay. it for years so i mean for example we, i mentioned in the other podcast that me and my friends we uh we all went to galena which is like three hours outside of chicago and we were, had the yeah. intention to go and boat and do all these things that we always usually do we always do these awesome fun outdoorsy stuff but for whatever reason this time we kind of lost our minds and ended up gaming the entire time and uh, nearly killed ourselves to do it. I mean, it was exhausting. But it, they, it is, man. Twelve-hour sessions sap your ass. They do. Oh, dude, yeah. I've never done that before. Actually, it was just the first time. And we did day after day after day of that, and you know, barely got any sleep. And that was all. That was all them. Had nothing to do with me. I, I had tons of stuff prepared <laughs> just in case. I was like, yeah, we'll play maybe two or three times. You know, three-hour sessions. No, they were just like more, more. Let's get what? Okay, go. We had to go more, more. Or, you know, all right, let's get the food really quick. Play more. And I was just shocked. I was. I mean, I, I felt very flattered because I, I clearly they were having a good time. Um, you know, because you know we had the opportunity to. Galena is something. You know, it's a place we went to when we were kids and all kinds of stuff. These are people that I grew up with. Me and my friends and some of my, you know, like my brother and my best friend and his brothers. So we're all family. We're all in an environment that we were at when we were kids, and you know, so there's a lot to see and there's a lot to do. And you know, I'm looking forward to going on a boat. No, no, they not, they weren't having it. None of them. All seven <laughs> of them were just like, no, 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 more. I'm like, okay, but it was it was exhausting but awesome. Okay, well. So you find yourself GMing most of the time then. Yeah. One of the questions Joe said, okay, if that's the case, and you know, if you find yourself being enjoying taking part of this sort of managerial aspect, do you find that translating into acting in terms of do you find yourself wishing that you were maybe writing or directing? Well, uh, you know, me and some friends are trying to get some projects off the ground, which is a very time-consuming process. But aside from that, if you enjoy the writing process to just – by itself, you'll find yourself doing that anyway, which I do. Um, in terms of uh, translating that, the same, because it's like as an actor, there are a lot of actors out there that maybe don't come off as the smartest individuals on the planet, <laughs> uh, and uh, and that's cool. And you can certainly get certain jobs done not being the smartest person on the planet. But the best actors that I know are brilliant and brilliantly intelligent, and so the same type of judgment that I would try to use in putting together what would be a dramatic game, I'm also trying to use that same judgment in terms of trying to figure out what would be a dramatic scene or how to make this scene harder to watch or easy to watch or, you know, just how to make it work. And um, 
so yeah, there you know there's a lot of similarities there because it's all it's all drama. It's all it's the same deal. The only difference is true, you man. don't know what the main characters are doing. You have no idea what they're going to do. And if you're, you know, if I think if you're a good GM, you embrace that and let them do whatever they're going to do. Well, that's the so, point, you know. If if yeah. you, you know, if you, if you if you wanted to do something where you had no you had absolute control over what everyone does, play a video game. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah, why are you why do why are we bothering to do this? Because this is a sort of like, you know, you look at all the Bioware games and that's, you know, all of an extension of, of the, the hobby that, you know, grew up around D&D and stuff like that. And why wouldn't you just play Baldur's Gate or some other Bioware RPG instead of gaming uh, old school with your friends unless, you know, unless you were going to take advantage of the fact that we have people there and we have a person running it, you know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah, well, I, I like the personal interaction myself, but I mean, that's you know, kind of the <laughs> kind of the point behind it. Exactly. Um, so okay, th- there is that. Um, now this is interesting because you talk about building the dramatic tension. You, you know, you're drawing this into, uh, you know, in terms of how you like to build your games when you're building it. Obviously, it seems like you look for these elements that provide more than just a, a basic uh, hack and slash or shoot 'em up. That you want to create. It sounds like from what you said that you want to create this sort of dramatic tension in your games. Yeah. Um, that you apply these filmmaking principles to it. One of our listeners, Reverend Duck, um, he had a question that related to that somewhat in terms of your acting choices. Now, I know, you know, oftentimes, especially, you know, you may not be, oh, hey, I'm going to take the role that comes. But Reverend Duck asks, he says, in terms of your work, you seem to have a habit so far of playing very strong individuals with sometimes rather literally a dark side to them, like Starkiller or Crashdown or Doomsday. Um, Why do you think that is? (laughs) <laughs> oh man, it's just because I'm huge, dude. It's just because I'm, <laughs> I'm just like so strong, and you know, I don't know. Um, why? Why is that? Well, for a while, that was really all I was auditioning for, unfortunately, and and I desperately wanted to break out of that. And the job that helped me do that was Dexter. I don't know if you guys watched that show, Dexter. I have um, seen. Well, okay. I, first of all, I read the book. Um, you read the book. You read Darkly yeah, Dream, Dreaming Dexter. I, yeah. I read. Yes, I read. Yes, I read that probably. God, right after it was first written, I had a friend shove it into my hands and say, read this. And I've been told that the show is fantastic. I have seen one episode, and it was truly amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But as of yet, I've got a, several sitting on TiVo. I just got to watch them. Oh, you should check it out. The first season is just brilliant. It's The first season is Darkly Dreaming Dexter. It's the book yeah. stretched out over a season. And the places where they expanded on that book, they just did an incredible job. And I had an opportunity to play a really fun role um, that lasted a few episodes in there. And, and the thing was, is he was this sort of, the way they conceived of it, he was this sort of squirrely, manipulative, smart-ass little computer geek guy. And, uh, and so I really wanted to play that because, hey, you know, it's Beats playing the thug all the time. And, and when they cast, they, they ended up casting me. The role ended up being a really awesome role. Um, I felt very lucky to do it. And then after that, casting sort of opened up for me. And, you know, yes, I, I've played a lot of these characters that are sort of these strong guys with, with a dark side. A notable exception being The Mist, where I think I played probably the nicest and least, least aggressive person in, in the movie. Yes. Um, as for why, uh, you know, because I'm a psycho. It's because I'm <laughs> dangerous. You know, and I'm dangerous, not, not in the Maverick and Goose kind of way. I'm talking like really dangerous, like, you know, like Snake Plissken dangerous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, gotcha. So yeah, uh, no. just, just need to pluck out one of your eyes, grab a pack of smokes, and we're good to go. <laughs> I honestly, I think the honest answer to that is probably just look. You know, I, I think they just, 
see what they're looking at and they go, yeah, I mean, for me, sometimes some of those aspects of the, for example, the, the Smallville people, they, they approached me for that role and offered it to me. And they said the reason they were doing that is they needed a character who'd go both places, who could be really strong and dark and threatening, but then also go to the opposite end and be totally vulnerable and sweet and kind. And they, that's why they said they were offering it. That's what they said anyway. So it's a, it's a cool role. And so far you've seen both, both aspects of that. So at least, well, one more than the other, but you know, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see where the role goes. Um, it took all I had not to slide up. So what, what, what's going to happen on Smallville, Sam? It took all, it took all I, all I had just to keep from just putting that into my show notes. But, uh, right. um, so, uh, well, that's very, very interesting. Um, so there we go. Um, now to kind of, Move on. So, okay, a lot of actors, you know, you, they do film, they do television, they, you know, do stuff like that. You know, occasionally have the burgeoning music career. There aren't that many actors who can claim video games into their credit list. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you have a rather large one. Um, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think uh, I think it added a lot. And one of our listeners, Zappy, um, he wrote in. He said it, he thinks that the Force Unleashed game added a whole lot to the Star Wars universe in general. Um, that these new characters, these storylines, these new force abilities, everything else. As a fan of Star Wars, as a GM in the Star Wars role playing, what do you like about the new stuff that was introduced with the game? Um, aside from obviously the main character who was betrayed by you, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and he says also he was wondering how you, after playing Star Killer, would run a Force Unleashed campaign for your players. So, what, what do you like about what was introduced? And if you were if you were going to be running a game in that era, what would you what would you do? Um. Well, first of all, Rodney did an awesome job on that book, and, yes, and those guys did an incredible job. And you know, it's sort of like, and you know, it's the Empire, but it's from a different point of view. It's the Empire at a different time. It's the Empire as it was coming into power, and that that setting alone for me, I, I really would love a run, to run a game in that, and also just bring in the sort of Nazi Germany aspects into it, and races of people being subjugated and you know, oppression and all kinds of, uh, civil rights being, um, torn away, all kinds of cool stuff. I find that stuff very interesting. So I think that's an incredible time period for that. And I, I actually, I hope that the live action series ends up really going into that because that's something that I think is very relevant to, uh, to current world events actually. But, um, as for just, Fun Star Wars geekery. I thought it was brilliant. I thought Hayden Blackman came up with these amazing ideas. The fact that you're you're hunting down the Jedi, but the Jedi, they're not just hey, they're the Jedi. Hey, that's the Jedi that we saw from that you know book, or there's the Jedi that we saw from the movie. Um, no, they're they're really not doing so well. One Jedi's completely lost his mind because he can't handle the fact that the Jedi are gone. So he ends up building this junk temple to sort of make himself pretend, you know, he's pretending the Jedi are still there and pretending that everything's fine. Another guy is, you know, General Coda is this sort of, he's the samurai Jedi, he's the, and he becomes disgraced. It's, it's very um, Kurosawa, that character. And you have uh, Shakti, and you're like, well, that's just, that's Shakti, and she knows what she's doing, and she's doing well, she's still a Jedi. It's like, well, not so much, because she's raising a, he's training a dark Jedi, and she's totally in denial about it. There was just there were really cool touches like that that weren't shoved in your face, but they're just kind of there. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you know you love those details. And I think that's really I I loved that aspect about it. I completely forgot the question you asked me though. 
totally forgot what I'm talking about. Well, uh, no, that that was pretty much it. If you so, you know, what did you like about first and foremost? What did you like about the the setting? What did it add to the universe? Um, if you were going to, uh, well, at least uh, Zappy's question. If you were going to run a uh, Force Unleashed campaign tomorrow, um, what what elements would you want to include? What would you do? I guess a little. A little. Uh, what would you bring in after your experience with the game? But yeah. I think you. I think you answered that sufficiently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, very very cool. Um, well, a, a few things I guess in terms of the game itself. Okay, have you have you? I, I mean, obviously you made it. Have you played the game yet? Yeah. Yeah. Several times. Okay. Um, one of our uh, listeners, Zerts, wanted to know what was your upgrade build for the Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all in, my friend. All in. Eventually, uh-huh. um, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a big fan of um, gripping people and tossing them. My aim is pretty good, and I'm a big fan of uh, fast regenerating force ability. That's about it. Other than that, it's what's really fun is having my friends over and watching how their play styles are totally different. That's really fun to watch because it's complete. Everyone inevitably plays that game totally different than the next guy. So that's a really that's awesome. I love that. And uh, I, yeah, the, I don't. I, the only I'm not as familiar with the the Wii version. I'm I'm very familiar with the Xbox 360 and the PS3 version. And and in terms of the uh, motion capture performances that we did for the cutscenes, those are in the Xbox 360 and PS3 versions. For the Wii, we just did voice. Ah. So and and the PS2 and whatever. Yeah. The Wii version so. rocks. I've got the Wii version, but I mean, just you know, it's, it's hard to go wrong when you're swinging it around. So when you, yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's what she said. Yeah, boom. Oh! Boom, boom, boom. Why didn't Dave pick that up, man? I'm expecting Dave's going to make some comment, but no, nothing. Sorry. Nothing. nothing. He's just sitting there like a bump on a log. Just missed it. Just uh, missed it. Just missed it. Sitting there like a bump on a log, man. God. Well, um, for, for Pete's sake, uh, I guess kind of the, the last thing we wanted to talk to you about um, is really what's next for you. Um, uh, any any more musical projects in the works? Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go. No, no, no. I didn't. No, no, I don't no, mean. Start off with that. Any more musical yeah. projects in the? Uh, yes, yes. We're working on a second album. The first album was was basically a solo project. If you take a close look at, okay, I'm not yeah. going to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the first one was basically a solo project, and when it came time to play live, that's when the band formed. And now that the band is together, I, I've come to really like them as musicians and as contributors. So this next one is going to have more input from them and they're certainly going to play on it. Um, so that'll be fun. One of the most fun things, like like for fans of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Glenn Howerton is uh, amazing in my band because we, you know, there's a lot of record scratching on the album. So when it came time to play live, I was like, well, unless I find some guy who does turntables and that's going to be a pain in the ass, I don't think I'm going to have that when we play live. And then I thought, wait a second, Glenn always used to call me up and and he would leave these these messages where he just did sort of human record scratch um, and he did it pretty well and I was like I called him up I said dude do you want to like maybe work on that and get it really really good and then come and play with us and do backup vocals and then do all the record scratching and he does an amazing job he doesn't even sound human you know so he just you know <laughs> You know, and you're just like it's it's amazing to listen to, and so that's what's going to be on the on the next record in terms of any record scratching, and and you know we're playing with the idea of any weird sound effects being human generated, but making them sound not human. <laughs> so you know it, it's fun, but you know it's yeah yeah. 
it's a good stuff. As a matter of fact, I, one of those MP3s I sent you is uh, something that me and Glenn did years back. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, I can't. Star I, I know we're, I know we're, and we got one at the end of the show. I can't wait to hear the others. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Aside from that, obviously, um, from what you can talk about, do you have any acting projects that are coming up that we can look forward to? There's apparently a movie I'm up for, but you know, I, you don't count on anything, on anything until you're on the set eating from the craft service table. Um, Sometimes not even then, huh? Yeah, exactly. You never know what's going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed Lindsay to be up Lohan something. about that. What's that? Ask Lindsay Lohan about that. Oh boy! You know, I yeah yeah I uh, I remember auditioning for something that she was supposed to be in, and then I'd heard that she was asked to not be in it because of her reputation. So I wouldn't know anything personally about that, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, you can't be too much of a jerk in this business. People totally remember. Um, but yeah, I'm supposed to be up for something. Don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, got some more Smallville to shoot. That's continuing on and. Um, just trying to get my own project together, which is some, it's a pretty weird, weird movie that me and my friends are trying to make. Very, very strange, but I, th- I think it's pretty funny. Well, keep us up to date, man. We'll happily pimp it out for you. Absolutely. So, uh, very, very good thing. Well, dude, thank you so much for, for taking time to just geek out with us and talk about everything and your games and yourself and, and the Force Unleashed and all of it. And if you guys have not played the Force Unleashed yet, go out and buy it. Buy it now, and if you don't have a system to play it on, you buy the system too because you're hardcore like that. <laughs> and um, if you have not picked up the Force Unleashed campaign guide, uh, go pick it up for no other reason than Sam's mug is on the cover, and that's all that's on the cover. So. <laughs> I thought they did a fantastic job in that cover. You know, it's amazing. What were they talking about? <laughs> I bet forms? you did. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you know, I was reading the forms, like, and I didn't hadn't seen the cover yet. And they're like, the Force Unleashed guide, man. And what's up with that cover? And I checked it out. I'm like, I, I don't see what you're talking about. I think it's great. I think it's totally appropriate. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's very handsome. It's a very oh, handsome cover. Of course. Oh, thank you. Yes, our, 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 our chat room is saying that uh, this season of Smallville is dominating and that you've taken away the suck. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, what I try to do with music is what I try to do in my work. It, try to have as little suck as possible. <laughs> I'm not good enough yet to try to actually try for good. But, you Just know. lack of Lack of suck. If you take the suck out, make a suck vacuum, if you will. Sometimes good can get in there somehow. So you're, you're talking about making a suck sucker. A suck sucker to suck the suck out. Right. See what I'm Lack saying? Of suck. Yeah. I love <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we might have an opportunity um, at this point. Have you? I don't know if you've had a, had a chance. Have you had a chance to talk to uh, to TK421 at all, Sam? No, dude. I, I absolutely haven't. I'm I'm concerned about him though. Um, well, um, well, let's see, let's see if we can't get a hold of him. Dave, you, can you, can you try dialing him up? I don't know. If I can, can uh... certainly try to dial him up, but I don't know that he'll, you know, if he knows that Sam's here though, you never know. Well, so that's a good point. Let's just don't let, hold your breath. I, yeah. We'll put out a uh, communique for TK421. TK421, Vader's secret dooms down, looking for TK421. Are you there, sir? Oh, hello. Hello. There he is. That was quick. See? Hey, well, hey, man, is that, is that Sam? Is that Sam Wheeler? Hey, TK, how are you? 
Oh, I'm good, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, 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 I'm your biggest fan, Sam. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, man. I saw you in the mist, and I love the ending, man. That was a great ending. <laughs> good, I'm glad that you did. That's great, TK. Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, man, you know, a lot of it didn't make much sense to me, you know, but uh, uh, I-, I liked it all the same. It was pretty good, so uh, it's a good flick, man. But uh, it's good to talk to you, man. That's unreal. I can't believe you came out here for all this. Right on. Where, where are you right now, TK? Oh man, well, you know, I, I I am in a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Uh, <laughs> it's what 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 they calling it down here right now. Um, I'm not here on Tatooine, man. I'm doing a little bit of unusual work. I had to set my armor off to the side, man. I I've been going going without my Imperial uniform for the past couple weeks now. I've been been doing a little bit of undercover work, and so I'm so Wait, sorry. I, I TK, that's very unusual. I've I've been using sunblock. Oh, uh, well, uh, no, uh, I'm a little <laughs> red. Uh, That's but, not a good idea. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. Go on, you know, TK. What are you doing? I, I, well, I, ain't been, I ain't been out too much, man. You know, I've been inside a lot of these uh, cantinas trying to get some information about some local droids that got lost down here. And, and uh, the almighty Lord Vader, he wants them back, so I'm trying to find out some stuff, man. But you know what the hardest part about all this shit, man? Hmm. I can't... I can't put my carbine in my pants. All these guys are walking around sticking these blaster pistols and these holdout things in their pants, and I can't yeah. stick my carbine in there, man. I mean, yeah. I can, but, you know, it draws the wrong kind of attention. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, it depends on what kind of bar you're in, too, TK. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, off-duty, yeah, that's one thing. But, you know, on-duty. So all the same, man. It's real tough, man. I, I can't carry around my carbine. People know who I am, so I'm forced to use this tiny little holdout blaster pistol. The three die four of damage. I can't stand it. And, uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do? Oh, you know, you're, look, man, you just got to hang in there and keep on keeping on. (laughs) Oh, man, uh, that's good wisdom right there. Oh, man. Oh, man, I'm so glad I got to talk to you, Sam Whitmer. Woo! (laughs) I'm going to go tell everybody right now, I just talked to Sam Whitmer. Hey! Hey, everybody! I just talked to Sam Whitmer. Hey! TK, 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 you're going to blow your cover. You got to, you got to keep it down. Uh, get you right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I gotta get off the phone. It's, it's gonna look suspicious. Uh, Sam, it was great talking to you and uh, uh, Dave Chris. Is, uh, yeah, I guess it's nice talking to y'all too. Uh, or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, y'all will just be good. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Later, TK. See, it's so funny. They didn't want to talk to us at all. <sighs> well, you know, when in the presence of celebrity, it's hard to turn a blind eye to creative genius and lack of suckage you just how did, did you guys uh meet tk421 how did that come to be what 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 happened that's, that's classified that's a, uh, a long story that deals with uh it is classified it deals with my time um in in the service of uh of an organization uh, so i i don't really want to go into that too terribly much yeah but, uh, huh. okay. Yeah. okay with my uh with my rebel leanings actually i met him when i beat the crap out of him yeah, well, he's going to get you back for that, Dave. Once you realize the true path of what the oh, glorious Emperor Palpatine is planning for this galaxy, you, you'll see the light, you know, and you and your ilk will be destroyed from the face of the Earth in a red lightsaber doom. Yeah. So. Okay. Whatever. Day 20 docking bay hosers. 
when it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. Well, this edition of D20 by Docking Bay brought to you by our good friend, Elias Windrider. Hmm, Elias Windrider. Uh, our good friend and ship engineer, actually. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, but Elias Windrider posted this request up on the forums. He says, okay, Raw tells me that only small weapons, i.e. no heavy blaster pistols because they're medium-sized weapons, can be worn in a concealed holster, i.e. a holster worn under your left armpit, for example. The heavy blaster pistol is the equivalent of a real-world 44 Magnum, which in all the cop shows, they're kept in a holster worn under the left arm of the cop, underneath his jacket. Does that rule make sense to you? Is it rules as written, and is it rules as intended, the same in this case? Well, before I go on, what do you guys think about that? Hmm. That's... I'm thinking right now. Dave, are you think thinking? Hard. I'm, uh, think well, yeah, I guess I'm thinking. I was, I was a little distracted looking at the chat room, but I understand the gist of the question, and... Yeah, so I mean, basically, I according to the, the rules, he's saying you can't, hold, you can't, uh, you know. Do, do you think a heavy blaster pistol is too large of something to carry in an armpit holster? It, it, well, yeah. it, it should be. It yeah. should be for for what it does. It's you know, you always think it's a big heavy gun. It's a big one. It is, yeah. it is a big heavy gun? But okay, it's not so okay. It's not a forty-four mag. I mean, you make you make the comparison to a forty-four magnum. Okay, forty-four magnum is fatter, but it's still the same basic size as a handgun. This is this is. Twice the size of a regular blaster pistol. No. Yeah. Sorry. Well, oh, well, there you go. Um, so, I mean, this is a good question, but let's let's dissect the rules as written and the rules as intended, um, and have a deeper look at concealing weapons, holstering them, and all that goodness that goes in between. So, holstering a weapon, gentlemen, the holster <laughs> or sheath. Uh, page one forty of the core rulebook. Twenty-five credits will get you a holster, and it's a hip holster. It specifically says so. Um, or for something really big like a rifle or a carbine, a strap or a baldric. Okay, costs the same, and it simply holds the weapon. And as per the description, when you have a holster, it is easily seen. All right, it's on your hip. It's out there. Everyone knows you got the damn gun. Uh, it takes a move action to draw a weapon if the weapon is in a holster. Now, the concealed holster, which Elias is referring to, also page 140 of the core rulebook, 50 credits. As the book says, in most cases, this is a shoulder holster. But, and I think this is where Elias's disconnect may have been, but if you have a small or tiny weapon, it can also be a waistband holder. And if it's just a little tiny weapon, it can be a boot, ankle, or wrist holder. So even rules is written, it doesn't say you can't put the heavy blaster pistol in the soldier, shoulder holster, it only says you can't put it into a waistband holster, okay? Now, even then, with a concealed holster, the weapon is not visibly seen, since now the weapon has cover, you can use the stealth skill on the weapon. But, you take a minus five penalty on your stealth checks to conceal the weapon in its concealed holster. Why is that, you ask? Because, why, why not just use stealth uh, and not take the pesky minus five penalty? Because it's a holster, therefore drawing from it is a move action, as opposed to a standard action, which is what it takes to retrieve a normally concealed object. That's the trade-off, okay? Use this special holster to conceal. You can't conceal as well as if you like taped it to the inside of your leg, for example. Uh, but you can get to it in a hurry, okay? Now, concealing a weapon is detailed in the stealth skill, page 72 of the core rulebook. Uh, you can use stealth to conceal an item on your person, retrieving it as a standard action, as we said. And you take an appropriate penalty or bonus to the check, depending on the size of the item. You can only conceal an item one size category smaller than you, however. And that's important, because the question we come to here... But wait, wait, wait! If a medium character can thusly only conceal a small or smaller item, 
then you can't even conceal a heavy blaster pistol at all. It's a medium item. Well, that's kind of one of the things Elias's question pointed to. Do not confuse, Gamer Nation, a weapon size category to the actual size of the weapon, which is what the stealth skill refers to. A weapon size category, in the case of a heavy blaster pistol, medium, is how it relates to your ability to wield it effectively. The actual, quote-unquote, size of the weapon is determined by its length and width and its weight, okay? What sucks is that there is not a common table in the core rulebook for the various sizes of things straight out. But there is one, thank you very much, Rodney, in the, uh, whoa, did you hear that, guys? Yeah. Was that a dog? What was that? That was my dog. Hey, hey, shithead. <laughs> Quit it. <laughs> is that what that, that is? Total vegetable. Whoa, is thank it, you. That, that sort of breathing sound, is that your dog? Yeah, he's got allergies. Oh, I thought maybe he was yeah, literally, literally, a he's breath going... mask or Vader-esque yeah. breathing going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. He's got bad, bad allergies. But anyway, so where was I? Uh, uh, the stock. common table that Rodney... Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, there is no common table in the core rulebook for the sizes of things. So if you want to know if what's what like the size a cred ship is or a blaster pistol, there is no common table. But there is one um, in the Star Wars Saga Edition GM screen. Thank you very much, Rodney Thompson. Another great supplement you guys should go out and buy. But as far as the core cool rulebook goes, the closest we can get to this is Table 14-2, which gives you damage from falling objects. And that lists some of the object sizes, and it gives some examples. And according to that table, a blaster pistol is actually a tiny item. Okay? So there's where the confusion comes in. Stealth refers to the size of an object. The concealed holster refers to the weapon size category of the weapon. So that's a little confusing and very much against KISS, but it kind of... It's a necessary evil to deal with the constituent parts that are very easy to deal with on their own. So, bottom line, to answer your question, Elias, due to its literal size, yes, you can conceal a heavy blaster pistol. Although, as a GM, I would honestly make it a small item, not a tiny one, because as Dave, you so sagely pointed out, it's honking big. Um, really freaking big. I mean, the, I mean, I mean can, you, can you walk yeah? down the street with a duster and have it inside the duster? Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. but sure. conceal it. For, you know, any kind of search, it's got to be a little bit more difficult. Exactly. And and keep in mind, because it would be a small item technically, you would take another minus five to conceal it in the concealed holster due to the stealth rules. And that's very important. So if you tried to, basically, per the rules as they're written right now, if you tried to conceal a heavy blaster pistol in a concealed holster, you would take a cumulative minus ten penalty to that stealth check. Not only because of the size of the object, but because it's in the concealed holster as well. So that makes sense. you got this big-ass bulge sticking out of your jacket. Um, I can I can see that. Yep. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty much it um, and that's kind of the ruling so rules is written, rules is intended it does cover it um, and I hope that answers your questions just a little bit and remember though if you do have heavy blaster pistols and they are big and honking you may want to hide them from Imperial Stormtroopers Yeah, that could, that could be a good thing and certainly don't shove carbines down your pants <laughs> no that it's, not be, the way to, it's not the way to live no, that would be extremely bad. Well, for some people it might be, but I don't want to comment on other people's lifestyle choices. <sighs> so, you know, that's just not the kind of guy I am. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Appreciate well, that. I appreciate that. Sorry for the dog interruption, but um, you know, that what is are you gonna the do? funny Yeah, what are you going to do? And uh, see, see the, the Pratt Falls of a professional podcast broadcast. See, I... Professional? I, I <laughs> what? Teach me right for taking my dogs into the recording studio with me. You know, professional. You want to say that again? 
<laughs> professional would mean we're making money from it, which, you know, I, I don't think we can legally do. <laughs> Hell no. Hell. no. Uncle George wouldn't be happy about that. Uh, the Emperor Lucas would not, no. That's right. That's and it's, right. it's a real good thing you backpedaled off of that stance earlier. Otherwise, we'd have a CDO from both um, Watsy and Lucas waiting in our email box tomorrow. You are not a professional. No, no, no. Just, <laughs> just, just fan-based, Mr. Lawyer. Just Mr. right. We're going to send you the cease and desist order anyway. Awesome. But listen, if you guys have any thorny rules questions you want us to discuss in the D20 Docking Bay, let us know. We'd love to get into it for you. Um, you can go ahead and email us again, gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com. You can also call the Lusa line, 206-600-5872, or get to the forums at d20radio.com slash forum and post your mind. That's right. So there we go. So there and we're putting the wrap on a fairly extended edition of episode well, number 40. But rather well worth 66. it, if I don't say so myself. Heck yeah. Heck yes. Heck yes. Sam, awesome. It was freaking awesome talking to you, dude. I'm so glad Wicked. you came on our show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you, GM, GM Dave and GM Chris. And, and you know, look, call me GM Sam. How about that? <laughs> yep. You yep. know, none of this Sam crap anymore. I'm tired of it. I've, you know, been GM playing Sam. long enough. GM Sam, guys. Give, give, me, some, give me some respect. There we go. No? GM Sam at d20radio.com. You heard it here first. You can go ahead and email him. <laughs> well, GM Sam, thank you very much. And thank you, Gamer Nation, for tuning in. I wish you all peace, love, and good gaming. And stick around for the awesome bit that's coming on after the show. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. And for Sam Whitwer and GM Chris, this is GM Dave. Thank you guys for listening, and keep them dice a-rolling. Identification. This is HK-47, an assassin droid of unparalleled sophistication. Statement! I would rather put a blaster to my processor than listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Damien Solta, formerly Lord Anthony, coming in to you from the unknown regions. And I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, even though there's nothing better to do. This is the Sith Princess. I never listen to Order 66 it's because Zarissa keeps grounding me. And you ain't listening to this one either, sweetheart. Sorry. This is Shibuda, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. It hurts my liver. This is Douglas N. from Switzerland, and I just wanted to say, Sam, you rock! Thanks for being on the show. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast.
Dude, man, we made it an hour 31, and I've only got two edits to go back and do. One, my little oh. fart at the 10-minute mark, and then when your dogs went and screwed everything up. Oh, you're going to edit all that out? I'm going to edit <laughs> part of it out, yeah. Okay, good. Oh. Ooh, tater tots. My wife brought me tater tots. Good Lord. That's Great. awesome. You know what I was thinking about the other day, and this is just a completely random thought? What? SpaghettiOs. Okay. I, I haven't had them since I was like nine, but I, for whatever reason, I don't know if there's like a, 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 you know, ingredient that's addictive to children that's still been in my system that I'm like sweating out now. I've been thinking about SpaghettiOs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my wife, uh, my wife, to like goodness, she um, has a serious thing for uh, uh, Chef Boyardee ravioli still. Yeah. Ooh. Damn. Yeah. I um, <clears throat> When she gets pregnant, which I'm, I don't know when that's going to happen, but if... She has her way probably fairly soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I am. I'm. I know that I'm going to be keeping like seven cans in the house at all times because I know that's probably going to be her craving. So. It's good to. Uh, you're a good husband. That's a good call. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I try. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, dude, I can't wait to listen to the other MP3s you sent us. The Yoda one. Cry, literally, dude. I was crying. I was absolutely crying. Awesome. You know, I just, I just, just want to taste. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil it, man. Don't spoil it. Here it comes. Oh, hey. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Don't think, spoil um, it. They, they still, they still have to listen to it here in a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're going to, uh, I think, uh, get it, get it to the podcast here. So it's, we're gonna, on we're gonna a, play it here in just a sec. Yeah. On a very special D twenty radio post show. <laughs> oh, dude! You know what we didn't get you to do while we were actually in the show is <clears throat> do the uh, the bumper, the liner. I never oh, listened. Yeah. yeah, should I do that now while we're recording, or do it sure, separately? No, we can yeah. do it right now. Okay. And I'll pull it off. So, All right. You know, however you want to do it, man. Well, what if I mess it up? Well, then what I'll edit it out. Up? I'll edit it out. I mean, hell, it took uh, who who was it? It was Sterling Hershey. That he, man, he had to do it like six times. Did he really? Yeah. Yes, he did. See, now I'm competitive. If I can get it done under six times, then... Okay. All oh, right, let's try okay, this. Okay, but now, this. now Rodney did it first time out, so... Oh, damn it! <laughs> damn it! Okay, all right. Let's see how this goes. It's on now. Right. Hey, this is Sam Whitwer, and I never listened to the Order 66 podcast. That's way too easy. Yeah, see? boom. Easy. You see how that happened? That's take one. I know, that was easy. That was really simple. Of That's course, now... That's professional. Yeah, I know. should be impressed. We're all... That... That lacked suck. Nice. With, with the what? Nice. With the lack of I suck? Try to take lack. as much suck out of it as I could. I know. <sighs> it was it was okay. You know, I figure you're still new at this podcast and everything, Sam. You'll <laughs> you'll get it figured out, you know. We'll Soon. we'll learn you eventually. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Next time we'll get you well, next time we'll get you to like tell us who you are and like put a funny thing at the end. Oh, and, you, know. you know Yeah, you're right. What, there was no personality in that, was there? Like zero. You know, I mean, you, you like, could have just fought, li- forced lightning us at the same time. So you know, there you go. You said, you know, yeah. this is, this is uh, you know, this is Sam Whitwer, and uh, I, I am the unsucker, and uh, the unsucker, right. the unsucker, right. Darth Suckless. Right. I bring unsuck to my. I, I what? What? There's nothing. I got nothing. I had nothing there. I had nothing, but I went for it. That's all right. And I failed. We can do hey, another one. Went for it. Hey, it's we can always do another one, dude. We can always do it? another one. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, okay. we can. And if you want to count um, in, I'll I'll even count you down. But you know, I figured you're just that good that you can just do it. You know. But you want something funny in there? You want me to just like spontaneously just just toss out something that's awesome and funny? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, goddamn. 
Shit. Okay. I mean, golly. All right, all right. Uh, I have no idea. Okay. This is Sam Whitwer, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Uh, <laughs> your mom. Boom. Yeah. Boom. You see that? That was like the mom joke and just, you know, I boom. Know. I know. Yeah. We'll get it. I thought we'll, we'll, that's we'll, the one. Brilliant. That was actually brilliant. From the get-go to the end of Boom, that is a perfect bumper. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, look, you hear that bumper? Asses in seats. You know, ratings go way up. That's right. Listenership it spikes if you just play that anywhere. We'll go from 7 to 11 immediately. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Not to mention the mother demographic that we hit there. I mean, there's going to be all people's mothers are going to be tuning in. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Great. I just you great. know I, I I hope so yeah totally <sighs> oh by great. the way I want to I want to bring this up um check this out so okay. so I know the last Starfighter no way yeah oh the Darth, actor yes Darth Vader's Secret Apprentice knows the last Starfighter really <laughs> yeah just wanted to say because you guys have brought that up a few times and I'm just thinking you know that's awesome and that it's it's a movie that needs to be talked about. And uh, first time I actually, what's that? It's a movie that needs a sequel. Yeah, well, they've does, been wanting does. to do that, and yeah. they actually showed him. He he's seen scripts that that were for possible sequels and stuff. As long Lance. as as long as Maggie's still in it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Although she doesn't look be... as good in old age now, but <laughs> I was just I didn't want to say it, but you said it, dude. It's I'm that's is that bad? I mean, Hollywood is. Unkind to women once they pass a certain age. I know. You know. Do I well, still want to see Lance Guest? Yes, as the last Starfighter. But Maggie, I, I have no idea if I want to see her or not. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I imagine he's turned into a stately man. I mean, you know, he's he's probably you know, in this is kind of maybe Star Wars ish, but but could he pull off like you know, father of the next last Starfighter? Um, <laughs> father of the second to last Starfighter? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, here, here's what they can do. They can introduce the whole Metachlorian count that the guy, you know, has, has interjected into the Rylands, and, you know, I mean, oh, the possibilities yes. are endless here. You know, the yeah, possibilities are absolutely endless. Awesome. Hey, you know what? I harbor secret... At this point, it occurs to me that Mark Hamill could play Luke Skywalker at an advanced time. I'm still waiting for them to come out with, you know, episodes 7, 8, and 9. Well, maybe they so. could go like nine and then eight and then seven just to keep us on our toes. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that would be very Lucas. Yeah, exactly. Just Ooh, totally. Like there, you know, when it comes to the whole thing of which movie do you show people in which order, I've actually heard some crazy theories where you mix them up. You mix up the prequels, and, the, and I'm just like, no, no, just just no. pick an order that's fairly straightforward. Because I, I, you know, in interviews alone, I'm I'm tired of having to be like, yeah, in the first movie, which the the fourth episode four, which is the first movie, which is the f- oh god, god. Does anyone <laughs> no. know what I'm talking about? I don't no, know. Yeah, what I'm it's, talking it's about. just like Coke and New Coke and Old Coke and Coke Classic and all that. You just you don't even remember what the hell order they came out in. Do they still make New Coke? Yes. It's it's the actual and, and yes. this is the big conspiracy theory. They just wanted to get rid of the sugarcane coke, and so they came up with this whole bizarre twist of events just to get us off the sugarcane coke. But wow. you can get new coke. You can buy it online. There is a distributor for it. No way. Yep. I have no so idea. If there's. I have no idea if they're still producing it or if this is new coke that's been around that long. <laughs> like aged to perfection. Oh. So, you know, hey, but you can find it. It's there. So there's either an okay. So it's either aged new coke, like a wine, like there's a cellar full of new coke that they weren't able to sell when they went back to classic coke, or somewhere in the United States, there is a new new coke production facility. 
that has employees and a boss, probably security. <laughs> and I'm thinking we should probably take it out. Maybe. I mean, and it, may, it very well may be down in the Dominican. You know, it could be the Dominican <laughs> Republic down there, you know, just aging with all the Rocky Patel. Hey. Oh, oh, oh. See, Dave's making a sly reference to the fact that I ordered a whole bunch of cigars online. They haven't come. <laughs> oh. oh, well. Mm. Yep. No, no, I, uh, no, seriously, can you imagine telling somebody, you know, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I work at the new Coke plant. <laughs> well, isn't, yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? You know, you're like, that, I mean, that, that is kind of an interesting job description right there. Yeah, but Provided you hate anyone. your life, you know? Well, okay, but what if there's, okay, here, okay, here's how it is. You got, for example, at LucasArts, you have a lot of people who, um, you have a high occurrence of Star Wars fans at LucasArts. So is the new Coke factory just just full of junkies who just love new coke that were like dude no, you know old coke was okay but new coke they hit it they hit it and that, while the rest of the world is like you're crazy get classic coke back you're you're an idiot and they're like no dude no i'm going to work for new coke <laughs> so you think there's like an enclave of people that you know i mean there's like some like you know 60s era you know like hippie convent except it's a new coke convent well, people gave up their jobs their they're bank accounts out. their lives you know they're hanging out in montana to go work and produce new coke and live and drink yeah. Be well, look, the truth is out there, man. I mean, clearly something's going on if they make new Coke. Some, there, is, there is an answer to this question. And what we're sitting here doing is like, well, what is the answer? And, the, and I'm sure the answer is pretty bizarre. 42. 40, mm, 42. 42. 42. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> new Coke. <laughs> I never liked new Coke. Didn't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, no, terrible. Absolutely terrible. Now, do you yeah. remember Crystal Pepsi? Crystal. Oh, you mean like oh, the clear stuff? The Pepsi yeah. Clear, or what is? Crystal yeah, Pepsi, Clear Pepsi. Yeah. I mean, that was talk, talk about a marketing snafu. Holy hell! Yeah, that was crap. How did that there's go? A, there's a drink that I cannot fucking find anywhere anymore, but I'm told it still exists, like in Denver. It was called Orbits, and it came what? out when I was like ten, and it was a bottled drink that was fruit flavored, and it was in a clear glass bottle and the liquid itself was clear completely clear but it had suspended in it these little bitty tiny gel like beads that were made of fruit <laughs> flavor oh and, dude my brother and they loved were, that stuff they were non-colloidal so they would float evenly throughout the entire fluid and it had this weird texture kind of like boba tea if you've ever had that yeah um, with little balls of goo in it and uh it i didn't do very well <laughs> but i i got i missed that shit and uh, yeah, seriously, if, if if anyone's listening and you can find Orbits and tell me where I can buy it, I will give you a cookie. My brother, so when you find that Orbits, let me know. I think the Orbits uh, facility uh, is on the same island as the new Coke production <laughs> factory. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, it's on an island. I thought it might be in like the Midwest somewhere. No, right it's next- in the Caribbean. Oh. It's in a hidden island, tropical uh, base. Oh. Uh, that has incredible security where they produce new Coke and, among other things, uh, also biological weapons. It's a very well-disguised well, oil platform. Well, you said they platform. produce new Coke there. It's not, you know. <laughs> Which is a biological weapon, right. Okay. If you drink yeah, exactly, up. yeah. Yeah. God, man. <laughs> if you do find Orbits, I would like to have that. Also, I'd like to put out a, a public call for anyone that could locate Frankenberry cereal or Booberry cereal. Booberry. Dude. Ooh. You yeah. find Frank a few years ago, man, but Booberry, that was the hard shit right there. Oh, totally. Now, Count Chocula, that's still around. But those yeah. two, I haven't I haven't been able to find them uh, reliably. You can go to, like, Target and, and reliably find Count Chocula, but the others are a little bit trickier. 
I never got Count Chocula. I mean, seriously, really? it's just, well, well, okay, it's a children's cereal. So you put this guy with these big fucking fangs on the cover. Eh, yeah. Scare the shit out of kids. You know, he's smiling. Ah, I just, you know. Uh, Wait a second. I don't, I, what's, I don't get it. What's not to get? He's a chocolate vampire. What's, hold on, hold on. Mostly Joe sense. is throwing out some bravado down in the in the in the uh, in the chat room. Well, he's well, saying he's, that okay. he has both. He has both. You he, had blueberry. Blueberry and. What? Oh my gosh, dude. I need Dude. to go to Florida. He's he's like at uh, he's like near the Cape, near Cape Canaveral, and all that on Space Coast, Florida. Uh-huh. Interesting. Wow. Dude. I feel like we need to set up like a, a trade route here Maybe for for New Coke, Booberry, and Orbits. Yeah. And see, that's, that's it. Awesome. That's it. We'll just uh, yeah, we'll make the introductions. We'll have you on the Holocron when we get closer to the MMO. And heck, mm-hmm. then we'll we'll just start uh, we'll just start paying you with Booberry. Oh, dude! Now you're talking. I mean, I would, yeah, I would take that. I would take that, and also Conchocula. Just, I mean, I know I can get it, but it's, you know, it's just sort of like a nice gesture, you know. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. So you're saying when you go to someone's house. Yes. Hmm. Bring if you're if you're Instead a guest line, at someone's house. Bring, bring exactly, exactly. At least in Japan, that's how the Japanese handle it. I don't know how they do it like here. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the Japanese are odd. We're well, very but also very yeah. polite. Also very. very polite. They know their manners, and you know that's. I, where that I have I have yet to encounter a culture that is so polite and yet so unrestrained when it comes to things that we Britain <laughs> Americans. Uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. You you watch like Ninja Warrior, and you go, these people love to see people fail, but not just fail, but get injured when they fail. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know? I mean. What, what I love about Japanese game shows is that American game shows reward success. Japanese yes. game shows punish failure. Right. And <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you had the one that just got made here. What was I don't remember what the name of it, but basically it was MXC that they brought over. Oh yeah, yeah, they started that now. It's uh, there's it's on like ABC, I think. Yeah, um, I don't remember what it was yeah. called. Maybe chat yeah, room so can they, help they, us. They, there you go, wipeout, wipeout. Thank you, chat wipe room. Wipeout, yeah. <laughs> so all these Japanese game shows are getting this American treatment. I just love it, and we love it too. I, I'm God. I love watching those people just do really stupid things. It's addictive. Well, oh, when yeah. you watch, I, I feel like Ninja Warrior is two steps removed from Running Man. You know, it, we're almost there. <laughs> we're getting there. God, that would be great. Oh, wow. Seriously, seriously, oh, uh, it's thing. coming. It's coming. They're going to bring prisoners, and there's going to be a Japanese game show where, you know, they give people weapons and to go out and shoot each other. It's hey, be awesome. I would be a fan of that. That would be the ultimate death penalty for um, for all the people on death row. I mean, yes! all, you know, and, and then the ones that, that actually win, they don't get released from prison. They just drop them into a pit somewhere and they die. That's fine. A pit of, uh, a pit of acid. Yeah. Because this is Japan after all. It's got to be creative. You don't just drop them in a pit. You got to see them melt. Well, yeah, I mean, pit, acid and then, and then they like, some of them will fall on spikes on the way down and they'll be dismembered sure. and, you know. Yes. I mean that would be great. That would that would be that would be an end fitting to most of the people that are sitting on death row. Hey, speaking of pits, um, I will say that Fiddleback's uh, uh, Sarlacc pit was that the pit was pretty damn bungee jumping that thing. That was good. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. So we'll fire off Sam's here in a little bit, and uh, you sent us some more too. So we're gonna we're gonna pepper those in throughout various episodes. Awesome. Awesome. Cannot. I hope I don't get in trouble, but awesome. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I don't think I you'll it. get in trouble. You know, we'll we'll be the ones that'll get the cease and desist. So, you know, hey. <laughs> Listen, if we if we haven't gotten a cease and desist at this point, um Hey, I we're mean, selling merch for them. I, right. I would agree. 
I would agree. Yes. Oh boy. So. Oh boy. We'll see what happens. We'll cross our fingers. Yes. Uh, wait a second. You streamer six three seven six three, who uh, obviously wants to remain anonymous, wants to know what your favorite class in Saga Edition is. Oh, I I can't pick favorites. I'm a GM. I you know yeah. if I pick favorites, one of my players is going to go yeah, and the other one's going to go like, dude, what the hell's this problem? Right. Um, see? There you go. But I think what I think this the four system works really well. I. I am fascinated by the Jedi system. What someone wrote, non-heroic? Totally, totally, non-heroic. Yep. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, Chris, did you see the the? Did you see I'm the, looking the at link? it right now. Dude. Holy mother of God! Fiddleback. Uh, what is this? Fiddleback oh is not only click, click a hero. Click on the website that just came up in the forums. Oh my God! Uh, that is orbits. And the drink was, with balls. It says the drink yes. with balls. <laughs> the drink with balls. And you can see the picture of it. And those, those little bitty balls floated in the liquid evenly. And it was, it came in these mixes of flavors. It was very yeah interesting. So, wait, let me, so you would drink it, and then you would have Orbit's balls in your mouth. Is that how they, that works? Correct. But they would melt on your tongue immediately. Right. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't. And you would get the be, flavor out of that. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, yeah. But it, was, it, was very, it was very, very odd. Thank you had this yeah. momentary sensation of, like, like if you drink milk that's curdled, uh, <laughs> which so you, you know I do often. Well, yeah, you know, hey, drunken college nights, you know, it, it happens. Um, sure. Or excuse me, drunken college mornings. Uh, <laughs> when you're when you're reaching for the milk, um, and you reach for bad milk, and you have that sensation in your mouth of liquid with the little bits floating in it. Um, it was like that texturally, but it tasted good. So it, it really fucked with your brain. Ooh, um, yummy. Yeah. So. Yummy and delicious. And nutritious. Yes. It's good, oh, and it's good for you. Doubt, that's right. Doubtful. On the, doubtful With real fruit taste. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Right. This is unreal. If I could actually buy this somewhere, I really would. I really would. Maybe they still sell it in Canada. I don't know. Well, we can blame Canada for it, so there you are. You know, what would be great is if we could inspire a movement where people start brewing their own orbits at home, you know, like a microbrewery for, for orbits. Dude. That would be interesting. Homegrown. Oh, the community just gave me a Wikipedia link for it too. No, that's Orbits. That's a travel agency. That's not. Fiddleback. The- <laughs> 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 that's a travel agency. Oh my gosh, that's pretty good. That's oh awesome. dear. Oh wow. All right. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up, boys, for the post <laughs> show. Or should we? Yeah, maybe we will. It's going to be two hours by the time we tack on the, uh, the the Yoda extravaganza on the end of this. Uh, no, but, but that's it's been a while. But you know, episode forty, is it's it's the Fortnite episode. The Fortnite. Wait, is that oh, right? Yes, See, I, well. and, okay, now I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing now. You're 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 you know like like the cop trying to get somebody to talk long enough to be traced. Yes. You're just trying to make sure that your show goes longer than Rodney's. It's well, and I think we've succeeded, haven't we? We're about eight minutes from it. Oh, okay. Well, then that means that if we run the thing now. We win. Yeah, yes. pretty much. That, that's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. How long was the dog doing its thing? If you edit that out, I mean, we have to be, you have to be really clear on this. Oh, that was like 30 seconds. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm going to have about 32 seconds of edits ahead of me here. So, okay. you know, I mean, we're going we're gonna to tip the two-hour mark. And, and if, uh, you know, if, if you guys will just talk and I'll go back and I'll look on uh, episode 12 to see exactly how long it was, then I'll, uh, I'll let you know here in a second. We'll buy you some time. Hey, Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, Sam. Not a lot, man. How, uh, how are you doing, Sam? <laughs> oh, man. 
Super. Su- just just wonderful. How are you? Hey, I, I'm okay. Um, I've, I've got my, uh, my cat just came in here to say hello to me. Hello, Darth Kramer. Hello. You have dogs and cats, and they all, I, I they're have all two dogs and, dogs and cat. cats living together. It's mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. This is Darth Kramer, and uh, he is a, uh, he's a Sith Lord. That's great. That's great. I fucking hate cats. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm allergic to cats. I can't handle them. Yeah, a lot of people can't. I uh, no, seriously, I, I hate cats. I I hated them my entire life. And my wife, um, my wife took her four years to say, "Let's let's get a cat. I want to get a cat. I want to get a cat." So we go down to this we go down to this shelter where we live, and I find this six year old cat um, that picked me. He came up to me and he picked me, and he loves my dogs. So that was a big oh, deal good. too. That's good. And, um, you know what? I was I was ready to deal with it. You know, when you're in a relationship, you make sacrifices, and you're like, okay, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna deal with it. Hey, I'm all cool with it. It's okay. I'm gonna yes. make the sacrifice for you. You know. And goddamn, I love the cat. Uh, oh, good. Well, the, good. yeah, but the cat the cat loves me. That's the thing. It's my cat. The cat listens to me. It comes to me for affection. It's very strange. It pisses my wife off. <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> see, that's the thing. People say. I mean, I I actually have met some cats that I like, but I hate the whole. When the cats don't aren't, aren't cool, you know, like the the denial that cat owners go, the the length of denial they go to to explain why their cat's a jerk, you know, the cat will just be a jerk, and they go, yeah, but you understand, you can't understand. With cats, you have to earn their love, and it's like, so buying their food, petting them whenever they want, uh, you know, being really cool, and giving them a warm house to live in. That's that you haven't earned their love yet. Is that right? Is that how that works? Yeah. Well, again, and the cool cats, that's fine. The, I've met nice cats, and they're like. Good. We don't have a problem here, but these cats over here, the dick ones, the jerk ones, <laughs> fuck, don't, 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 don't explain it away because you're just enabling their behavior. Don't say it's okay because of blah blah blah. No, you're enabling their bad cat behavior. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm sorry. You're part guys. of the problem. Yeah, not part of the solution. And uh, by right. the way, Rodney's episode two hours twenty three minutes. How are we? Wow. One fifty three. Wait, 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 wait. Rodney's is two hours and 23 minutes? Yeah. yeah. I had no idea his was that long. I Damn did. It. I... Whoa, hey. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah. we do, we're not even going to come close. Well, yeah. I mean, you never, I mean, don't say but never, I'll... never say never because, <laughs> you, I okay, mean. No, okay, I, I, have, I have a new suggestion then. Okay. Well, you know, okay. you know, I could just fire this off. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we could start over. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Take two. No, I have a new suggestion, okay? Instead of saying, like, one episode is more than the other, I look at it this way, okay? Rodney has been with us now, th- what, three times, Dave? Um, yes. Because he was with us on episode 12 for the big question and answer session. He w- was with you when I was in Mexico, you dick. Well, and, hey, um, what are you going to do? Uh, and then he was with us to talk about, um, uh, uh, not starships, but uh, Threats of the Galaxy. Threats, yeah. Okay. So if we total up the totals of all those those minutes that he's been with us, yeah, we can get that total and give it to Sam, and then that's incentive for him to come back on the podcast and you know try and beat that total minute tally. Uh, look what you just did! Look See? what you just did! That's a tease right there. That was a incredible piece of manipulation there. Um, um, you know, but what if I what if I say to you that I like Rodney a lot? He's a really cool guy. Why would I want to Why would I want to defeat him? Because you're competitive that way. Yeah, it's true. 
because That's it's true. the way of things and and because only by defeating the master can you become the master yourself. So you're saying I should start I should start writing up my own rules and like posting them uh, on what the Gleamax forums and start just anytime Rodney has a ruling, just like post be like, Well, but I play Darth Vader's Secret Apprentice and I think that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> should I do that? Okay, you know what's really sad? People mm. would side with you. Really? <laughs> would start quoting, well, you know, you know, Starkiller says you should do this. <laughs> GM <Thank> Starkiller. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just start becoming a huge thorn in his side. You know, you won't be able to get oh, anything done. Great. Rodney needs an arch-villain. <laughs> and as we've well, already discussed, you play arch-villains extremely well. That's what I do. It's my job. <laughs> it's my it's, thing. It's like... Do. You know, the thing is, is, you know, every great hero needs to be defined by a great villain. <laughs> ah, a little bit of uh, Unbreakable there, is that not? Oh, is that right? Is that what they said in that? Yes. I stole that well, yep. I, it's Damn been it. a while. But I for, thought I made that every, up. Yeah, for Damn every it. one of him, there's an antithesis, right. which was the Sam Jackson character. Right. Well, we all, we all want to be Sam Jackson, though. Yeah. Of course we all want to be Sam Jackson. Dave and I. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's a, he's a part of my signature block on the D20 radio. Is he? Oh yeah, the feel the force, motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's um, maybe I'll send it to you guys. One of the MP3s that I have uh, has the Mace Windu character featuring prominently. It's I don't know. It's the first one I did. It's like so. It's like the least funny, but it 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 was the test bed, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll I'll see if I can dig it up. Um, in the meantime, though, yeah, I'll get you one more tonight, and then you guys can do whatever you want with it. And, wow. You know, I'll let you know if I get any calls from. From Lucasfilm. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Listen like, to oh, the dark side. That's what they're sure. saying in the chat room. Listen to the dark side. Yeah, because you know, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm like, oh, Seth Green did this and that, and so and so did this, and so and so did that. But I guess I'm again, I'm doing the same thing, except I'm swearing a lot more. Right. That's not a problem. Well, that's all right. You really, know. Yeah. Do you have that BBC uh, warning ready for when you do eventually play this thing? The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. Absolutely. Bam. There it is it's again. Amazing. Because is it a soundboard that you have? How do you do that? Uh, I have a playlist on Winamp that I mm. use. I, I, I have another. I have a DJ program, actually, a DJ application that I, that I can use. But it's too big of a pain in the ass just to do little things one at a time yeah. to yeah. fire that whole puppy up. But, yep. Awesome. Dave's, Dave's technical malaise impresses me. Uh, tremendously. So, so there you go. <sighs> yes. Anyway, yep. So hopefully, as we get further along in the uh, the, the 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 chat room, the the, 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 the chat room is is uh, looking for me to ask you about Star Wars: The Old Republic. But um, as we get further along in the in the development cycle, I hope you'd uh, be game to come on and talk to us on the holocron. Totally, I'd love to check that out. Um, by the way, are you guys aware of SWG EMU? The emulation effort for Star Wars Galaxies? No. Go to www.swgemu.com. It's a very interesting thing that they're doing. Really? Yes. It's uh, very interesting, especially since you can actually, since it's actually live and they're testing stuff. SWGEMU.com. Yeah, I'm yep. there. I'm there. I'm looking at it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bunch of people that want to reestablish the pre-combat upgrade, so they've been reverse engineering the server software. 
Oh. Wow. So this is going to be nuts. like the uh, like the guys that are playing non-official games with Warcraft on private servers. Whoa, do they do that? Yeah. No way. Yeah. How did they get the server code? Um, I somebody's cracked the game, and then if you do it somehow, some way, Blizzard knows about it, and you can't go back to the real game unless you do some kind of maintenance on your own PC. But I don't know. It's weird, but they wow. do. It. They do it. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, that's totally insane. This could be very interesting, though. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe something to uh, uh, take my take my uh, my head away from Age of Conan or uh, or WoW for a little while. Right. What do you think about the Age of Conan players? Because, you know, when I was in Star Wars Galaxies, I think maybe because there was a large occurrence of Star Wars fans, everyone was really nice and helpful. <laughs> Go over to WoW, not as nice or no. helpful. Well, that's, it, I, mean, I, I, th- I think that has, it has to do with the size of the player base and the fact that you've got some elitists that really take yeah. the okay, game. Yeah, but people are hardcore in Age of Conan, and that's not exactly a huge player base. Yeah, yeah they are. They're oh my god, they're jerks. They're, I mean, oh. it's it's like it's it's the antithesis. If if Star Wars Galaxies people were so nice, uh, you know, wow, people are okay. You find a good guild, you're great. Age of Conan, fuck off and die. It's Pretty very, much, and and the, the the PvP is such that anyone can kind of attack whoever they want at any time, and it happened. I mean, you just kind of accept it. You're, you're going to get ganked by a bunch of guys all the time. Yeah, that's the way it is in Warhammer old, now too. You know. Yeah. And that's the way it that. is in life, you know. So that's the and that's the way it's going to be in the old republic. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Oh, probably not. Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, you know what the, um, the the old the old internet axiom that people you know people who post on forums and blogs a lot they say you know, uh, you know a- a- anonymity plus freedom of expression equals assholeism. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. Th- that's just kind of that's kind of how it goes. And the more anonymous you are and the more freedom of expression you have, the bigger of a dick you're going to be. Well, you know, and it's the, like that that what was that the experiment that they did um to sort of try to figure out why and how Nazi Germany happened speaking we you know, speaking of the empire and such. Oh. Um they you're talking you're talking to a man with a BS in psychology. Oh um, boy. Right. The the whole thing where, you know, you and press this BS button, you shock account. someone you're going to shock someone if you press this button, but there's no one there. You're in a room with just a button. And how yeah. many people actually pressed the button uh, because they were told to? Yes. Um, God, it's coming to me. God, it was done at Yale. I'm trying to remember the name of the... Ah, oh, give me a sec. Yeah. Oh, here he goes. Oh, he's going. He's, he's, it in, he's, he's headed to Wikipedia now because you, <laughs> oh, you've teased his brain so that he can't handle not having an answer for us. Yes. That's how I roll. Good God. Finally, someone has stumped the band. I can't believe it. But, you know, with, with Warcraft and stuff, you know, you look at these people, I think, I think the psychology is if someone doesn't do, say you're in a group and you're doing something and someone makes a mistake or someone doesn't do what you want them to do, to them, you're a video game character who's not performing your function. Right. And that's it. And they get enraged and it's incredible to watch. And really fun to taunt once you sort of, you know, if, if their rage gets a little bit out of hand. Right. Milgrams. Milgrams. Stanley Milgram. That's right. Uh, Yale. It was, it was the obedience to authority study. Damien had it. Damien had it in the chat room. I wanted you to know. Oh, God. Well, that's because Damien's cool like that. He's a student. Uh, so, yeah, seriously, my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my thesis professor would be very upset that I'd forgotten that. That's all right. You went. I mean, you went to school with Doctor Phil for Christ's sake. 
No, I did not go to school with Dr. <laughs> Phil. You went to Dr. school with Dr. Phil? That's awesome, dude. I think, nice. I, think, I think Dr. Phil went through, what, about six, seven years before you did? Same school, though. Yes, you were did. You were in Dr. Phil's class? That's amazing. <laughs> See, this is how rumors get started. I hate you both. What was Dr. <laughs> Phil like? He was an was ass. Was he cheating on his wife then? No? <laughs> was he already? My gosh. Did he, did he still beat his wife? Ooh. Did, he still, did he look the same? Did he still kick animals? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was How he was already he w- balding? Were they were were they friends with Oprah? Did like did Oprah come to college parties back then? Oh, right. Oprah was the college party. Oh, that's hot. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, and you have no, no well, idea. That's how, that's how we rolled at psychology, you know, in in North Texas. That's how, how it goes. But you know, that's Sam awesome. lives next door to Steve from the Jerry Springer show. Yeah, I do. <laughs> do you really? No. <laughs> oh. Speaking of bald guys who have I hate you guys. leached off someone else to make a career. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Half of what we say is true on D20 Radio. And in the other half, you can fact check. That's right. That's, that's right. Here. Go ahead and fact check us all. Greta mm-hmm. Van Sustren. Yep. This is getting to be almost as silly as most useless episode ever. We're 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 definitely scatter shooting while while wondering whatever happened too at this point in time. But let me let me tell you a story. Last night, we're sitting in you know watching some <laughs> crazy CNN. I'm not sure whatever 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 station Gret is on Fox. Anyway, my wife looks at her and she said, "Boy, that woman's got something wrong with her face. She's just not very pretty." And I was like, "She had a stroke! Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and and then she took it back. I'm like, "Oh, these- wait, wait, no, wait!" But you're both right. You're both right. Okay. You know? Okay. Why? There was something wrong with her face, and that woman wasn't very pretty, and she had a stroke. <laughs> How about that? Okay. I'll I'm go just, with that. Just calling it like I see it. There see, now Zappy wants to call episode 40 the most unsucking episode ever. At this Sweet. point, I'm, I'm down with lack of suck. Let's decide on a title for the episode. Whatever you guys want. Uh, you know, guys that are still in the chat room, Leia Only, uh, you know... Uh, you know, um, unleashing Vader's secret dooms down. That was very good, but I don't know. After this point, I'm thinking lack of suck is pretty good. I mean, we've had or, like a 35 minute post show here, or 40 yeah. almost. Wow. That's, I mean, the the, the, the post show is going to be longer than the actual show itself. Phoebe <laughs> says it needs to have unleashed suck, unsuck, and win in it. <laughs> uh, how about what? How about unsuck, unleashed? Un- is that? Hey, I, I kind of like the old the Darth double dooms down the lack of suck. That's actually, that's yeah, that's pretty good. Unsuck a palooza. Mm-hmm. What's the what, that Darth Double Dooms down lack of suck? What's the acronym for that? DDD. That's like almost like TLOS. DDD TLOS. Well, I like that. That sounds good. Darth Double Dooms down the lack of suck. That's gonna be that's gonna be the sequel to the Force Unleashed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's back. You thought he was dead, but he's back this time for a brand new sequel in a world. In a world, did you know like that I guy? Said. Did you did you know yeah, LaFontaine? Did you ever meet LaFontaine? Uh, my, my next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah, I would oh, say God. you know I'd come by and I'd say you know he he would knock on the door and say, "Do you have any sugar I can borrow?" <laughs> and I'd say, "Yeah, LaFontaine, sure." And he's like, "Thank you so much, neighbor." And I was like, "All right." 
He really talks like that. And like, you know, or for example, one of my buddies is, a, is the movie phone guy, and he actually really talks like that, too. He'll call me up. Press one. He'll be like, hello! And I'm like, hey, movie phone guy. And he's like, how are you today? And I'm like, I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay. How are you? I just broke up with my girlfriend. I am crushed. And I'm like, okay, well, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? Well, if you want to talk about it, press one. I'm like, oh, God damn it, dude, dude, are you okay? And it just goes on. It's terrible. <laughs> <sighs> well, I, yeah, I don't know anyone famous. Uh, I, I think you're like the only person I've ever talked to that, you know, has ever done anything. Really? That is, if, if I am who I say I am, you know, I could just be some guy who was like, yeah, it was the force un- I'm that guy who's in Force Unleashed. Yeah, it's entirely possible. I mean, yeah. Well, that, wow. That just blew be- your mind. Just like, yep. you know, just like Rodney just, Thompson. You know, you wouldn't have known it was Rodney Thompson for sure had nope. he not called the loser line and I had the caller ID to trace back. That's true. You know, Ooh. so I, I did do a little fact checking in that arena. Good for you, man, because I've actually run into like three Rodney Thompson impersonators um, in the past few months. Really? Well, I made, a career, I made a career out of it for two months when I was looking for a job. Oh, yeah? How'd that go for you? Well, it wasn't too bad. You know, I just walked around, went to game sessions, acted haughty, you know. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love you, Rodney. Uh, you of course. Knows I love him. Everybody does. Uh, no, we're really, gonna have, we'll him. have him on in uh, a few weeks anyway once Scum and Villainy comes out. Yeah, no kidding. I can't wait for that. That's going to be fracking awesome. So is that like, that's, that's about fringe Han Solo stuff, yeah? Yeah, just scum, scum and villainy. I mean, all the um, it's coming out November eighteenth, um, and it's all the sc- scoundrels and you know scum and villainy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's got everything. It's got like scoundrels scum? and scum and villainy. It's every you know whatever everything, just everything. Yeah. This is what we're gonna call it. You know, I uh, uh, we're gonna call it. I'm really I, the books they've come up with are, have been great. They've really yeah. I think they've done an amazing job. Better than impressed. they. I, I I like them better than the uh, the ones they were putting out for even the the revised core rules. These these are I, I'm liking these as much as I liked the old ones back in the WEG days. Look oh at my yeah. geek cred! Yeah. It, it, observe my geek cred, guys. Going up um, with I, every yes, statement. I, like I, I, it, your geek cred has been observed actually since you got on the pod, dude. You're you're on a podcast devoted to Star Wars role playing. Your geek cred's topped. It's maxed out. We have to wait for the level cap to rise. Okay. See what you're saying. It's, Good. Well, <laughs> right, I, I, it, actually, you know, I, I don't know that I don't know that we're doing anything for his geek cred, but he's doing something for ours. <laughs> That's a very good Neat. point. I think your geek cred may have actually gone down talking to us. <laughs> now that I think about it, I've actually become like cooler by talking it's... to us. Wow. How does it work? That's yeah. very impressive. Hey, speaking of um of pimping and geek cred, I have it's been sitting on my shelf since July. A medium uh D twenty radio T shirt. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention how you guys never sent me a T shirt, dude. And I even address to send it, dude. dude. I sent you his address like four weeks ago. Four weeks you ago, did? dude. Yep. Yes. Really? Yep. Yeah. I'm looking at my email. What? Really? Yeah. After all I've done for the D20 Golly. radio community, even before I appeared on the podcast, just saying. Oh, my God. Not a, not a T-shirt in sight. Nary a T-shirt. Dude, and then after, okay, time to let the secret down. Let, let the secret out. After, you're the guy, basically, that got us into Lucas for the, for the deal with the, with, the, with the game, with the MMO. And yeah. we can't even send you a T-shirt. Chris. Uh, not even a T-shirt. Not even a T-shirt. <sighs> 
And hang on, I'm looking. I'm like, you didn't send me a damn thing, Dave. What are you? <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess I'm just you gonna know, have to find the email with the timestamp on it and send it back to you. Well, you do that because you know you're the reason Sam hasn't gotten his T-shirt. You tozer. Are you talking? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Better watch out! I'll bust out TK on your ass. Oh, oh boy. No, what you do not want, you do not want him to turn on the Vader voice. Because Uh-oh. he's going to order Kung Pao chicken. Uh-oh. Yeah, you, uh, you, you really don't want that. But, you I know. see what you're saying. Yeah, he's, he's got the trump card. Yeah. Sam. See, there it is. Uh-oh. Come to the dark side. Yes, my master. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, you know what was really cool about Force Unleashed? One of the one of the neat things, one of the neat neater neatest aspects was um, when you know we were doing read throughs and stuff, and I obviously have scenes with Vader and and my buddy David Collins, who plays Proxy in Force Unleashed, took me downstairs to go look at an actual Vader costume, and that was really useful because the guy's huge; he's like six five or six six. I mean ridiculously large man, Darth Vader. And what was awesome about it was remind you, you're reminded as a kid when you're afraid of Darth Vader. Then you right. grow up with Darth Vader, you're not afraid of him anymore. He's just the coolest villain ever. But when you see him in person, he's extremely intimidating. It's a very, very cool thing. I mean, David Prowse, man, he must have had some sort of glandular problem or something, but he's awesome. Gigantism. Large man. Yes. Very, very cool. All the time. I'm a, I'm a very large man. You know... I was down at the club yesterday and, you know, laying down some fat beats. I'm a DJ on the side. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why you dress like that. DJ Vader, you know. Well, yeah. well you know, times have changed since 1977. Now I uh, I usually flare it up. You know, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I remove the top of my helmet and uh, I've got these uh, wonderful spikes. You know, I've done a little a little highlighting. Uh, my, my hairdresser, Siobhan, she does it for me uh, uh, down at the mall. And uh, uh, okay. I've come trust her. You, you can't yeah. trust her. Vader, you, you don't have any hair. We know that we're okay with it. You need to accept it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right, though. It's cool. You make I, it work for you. That's what's important. I, I, don't, I don't even DJ on the weekends. <laughs> uh, it's, and, but it's okay. Meditation chamber. <laughs> it's all right. You just need to learn to be okay with you, man. I know. On this episode of D20 Radio... Yep. Number 66. Uh, Talking you, to Vader about his... You mustn't tell anyone of this. The confessions of Darth master, Vader. I won't, I promise. <laughs> we'll just keep it between you and me. Indeed. You're the best master I've ever had. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me. <clears throat> Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, <clears throat> gentlemen, with that little interlude, you just uh, officially took it over Rodney's mark. Oh! High fives all around! High yep. fives all around! Virtual high fives! See what we did? That's just unreal. <laughs> awesome! Whoa! So, at, hello! Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. Are you gonna put the sock back on your that mic? That was my microphone screwing up when I blow into it. I'm sorry. A little blowjob. Uh, oh. Whoa! Oh! Ow! Hey-oh! Hey-oh! 
Yep. At this point, is the post show officially longer than the actual show? Uh, it might very well be, dude. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. <sighs> but anyway, Sam, man, it was great having you on, dude. Awesome, guys. Really fun. Um, cool. And I'll send you one or two more of those MP3s. Please oh, do. Yeah. Cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, we will sprinkle them in. We will use them. Actually, as many as you send us, dude, we will use them. Oh, well, I'll only use them if you like them. Don't don't just oh, feel if, like you if, have if, to. If they're as good as this first one is, dude, <laughs> we're going to use them all. If they're half uh, as good as this we'll first see. one, we're going to use them all. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. We'll see. But cool. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Sam. you very much, Sam. Thanks, dude. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. That face you make. Look, I so old to young eyes. No. Of course not. <laughs> I, I do. Yes, I do. Hmm, sick have I become. Old and weak. When 900 years old, you age, look as good, you will not. Hmm? <laughs> Soon will I rest. Yes. Forever sleep. Here did I have. Master Yorid, you can't die. Strong am I with the force. But not that strong. Twilight is upon me, and soon night must fall. That is the way of things. I just want to taste its bullshit. Uh, what? The way of the force. But I need your help. I've come back to complete the training. No more training do you require. Already know you. That's what you need. Then I am a Jedi. <coughs> Not yet. One thing remains. And before I get to it, might I suggest, before you become Jedi, Get some tail! What? Get some tail, Luke! I... I... What are you talking... Jedi are not supposed to have tail! Get tail! Uh, why... Well, I, Who I, made up this rule? I do not know. Okay. But it is freaking bullshit sitting in this shack. Just wanting a taste, man. I just want a fucking taste. Okay. Could count on two hands how many sexual experiences I've had. Luke, look at my hands. Three fucking fingers on both hands. Fuck, I just want a fucking taste, man. Okay, okay, I just want okay, a fucking okay. taste. Oh, oh Luke, oh, there's this one Jedi. Blue chick with her fucking midriff showing. Oh. Tell me, on all fours, she did not want to be. 
You know what I'm saying? I I know what you're saying. Yes, but no, no fucking taste for me. I could have had such tail, Luke. Oh, we're at 600 years old. Great hair did I have. I'm sure your hair was Ladies great. Ladies loved my hair. Yes, I just want to fucking taste, man. Okay. Uh, Luke. Yes. Reach under my bank. Why? Reach under my bank, Luke. Okay. Uh, uh, what, what's this? Uh, grab the top magazine. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, oh, oh, oh. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. I, Open I, the magazine, Luke. Uh, um, Open it. For an old Jedi. Um. I. Okay. Um. Here. Oh! Check her out. Oh, God. Oh, man. Tell me, Luke. Anyone special do you have? Turn the page, man. Um. Ah, man! Oh, look at those knockers! Tell me, your lightsaber, you do not want to give that! Hmm? Uh, you were saying? Uh, what? Someone special, Luke. I, I, I... Someone special to you. I, I, I... Turn the page, man. Oh! Look at that ass! Oh, I would hit that. I would hit that so hard. I just want to... <laughs> Is she pretty, Luke? This girl you have? I... well... Uh, yeah, I bet she's pretty. Well, yes, I... I, I yes, she is. She is pretty. Special to you, is she? Yes, yes, she is. Oh, tell me. Well, she's, uh... She's got dark hair, and, and she's very strong. Um, she's a princess from Alderaan who was... Oh, shit. <clears throat> uh, her name is Leia. Maybe you should become a Jedi sooner rather than later. Um, is something wrong? Uh, you know, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, why don't you ask him that one? Uh, uh, Vader. You must confront Vader. Then, only then, a Jedi will you be. And confront him you will. Master Yoda, is Darth Vader my father? Rest I need. Yes, rest. Master, I must know. Your father he is. Told you, did he? What? Unexpected this is. And unfortunate. Unfortunate that I know the truth? No! <coughs> unfortunate that he's such a fucking asshole that he killed a bunch of children that such a gothy little whiny teenager bastard bitch ass he was. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Look. The guy was a freaking spaz, man. He was an A1 asshole, man. He fucked up big time. He brought 25,000 years of Jedi tradition to its knees, and then made it gargle his balls, he did. Uh, dude, fuck that guy. 
Dude, uh, balls are not funny. I, I, I. Oh, and speaking of gargling balls, he did not follow the rules, man. He was getting laid left and right by your mom, Senator Slut. She was. What? Telling it like it is, I am. Uh, slut. Uh, uh, Master Yoda, I, 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 I never uh, knew my mother. Matter to I, your father, it did not. Please. Fuck anything that moved, he would. Please stop. Ah, oh, fuck. He, he was fucking all that Yoda. Please he, stop. He probably fucked that blue chick I was telling you about. Please stop. Oh, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Your father killed my body, man. Mace Windu. Oh, the baddest black Jedi of them all. He was. Only now can I see that. I, I don't know. Oh, your father was such a dick, man. Fuck that guy. Luke, you have to hurt him for me. What? I, uh... Remember, the Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware, anger, fear, aggression, the dark side are there. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Look, look, do not, do not underestimate the powers of the Emperor. Or suffer your father's fate, you will. Look, when gone am I? My Jedi porn stash you may keep. Look, there is another 